XM. Hey now. Hey now. Come on, everybody. Sing it. Hey now. Hey now. Hey now. Hey now. Hey now. I really, uh, when, I w- when I was on vacation for two months over the summer, which when it started, when we had our vacation at the beginning, I was like full of high hopes of things I would accomplish and do. <laughs> and uh, I did almost none of them. The only thing I managed to do was paint, a- I have one painting that I'm still not done with, but I'm almost done. I'm 85% finished. Uh, that was my goal, one of my goals. But I had a whole bunch of goals. And I never really... I just sat around a lot. And, uh, you know, my wife kept saying we have to get back into life. And I'm like, man, this is the life I want. I want to just be in my house painting. <laughs> You're in really that wanna... life already. <laughs> yeah. I don't really want to get... You found you know... it. <laughs> I watched the rest of the Emmys last night because I wanted to see what everyone was talking about with Jimmy Kimmel. He was getting... Um, uh, it's supposedly, uh, people Kimble, were upset. Kimble. Because he laid on the ground while a, a woman was speaking and giving her speech. It, it, that's ridiculous. I saw the bit. It was uh, Will Arnett and Jimmy, and they were very cute together, trying to entertain the audience, whatever. And um, I've told Jimmy, I, I don't mind sharing this with you. I've told him maybe a million times privately, stop going to these things like the fucking Emmys. It's so goddamn lame. The whole broadcast is douche-chill moments, one after another. Don't go. You're way too talented to fucking sit there and try and entertain a bunch of morons <laughs> who sit there and congratulate themselves over their TV shows. Get Be above it. Don't even go. And then he went and he tried to be funny, which 99% of people don't even try. They just read off the teleprompter. And then... He was getting blasted because uh, he laid on the ground and committed to the bit. I mean, give me a break. There was nothing disrespectful about it. The woman even who said, said I, I, he's been very kind to me. He's the only one who even has me on his show. So stupid. So I'm watching this thing last night on TV. and uh, I don't even know what point I was trying to make here, but I got into bed and watched the uh, the Emmys, but. I don't know. I forget what I was trying to say. I wanted to tell you something. Oh, you it, were leading somewhere. Yeah, but it doesn't matter. Two seconds later, I forget where I'm leading. <laughs> anyway, I just enjoy being in my home and painting. You would like all your interactions to be on TV, I think. Like, that's where yeah. you want people. <laughs> I don't want to go anywhere. I don't. I made the mistake of telling my psychiatrist yesterday. I was just trying to make him feel good. I said, you know... I miss seeing you in person. He goes, well, uh-huh. let's make that happen. I go, no, 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 Uh-oh. no, 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 no. I don't want that to happen. He goes, you see what you do? You, you come closer and then you pull away. I said, no, I don't want to. I don't want to leave my house. I don't have any. You see, if I had a problem with being in my house, if I felt it was a problem, I'd bring it up in therapy. The one problem I don't have. I got 99 problems, but the, <laughs> but, but leaving my house, house ain't, ain't one. one. <laughs> the house ain't one. My house is great. I got everything here I like. Painting, um, eating, my wife, everything I ever wanted when I was a kid. I want to bang a hot chick. I want to just play in my room and have no one bother me. And uh, I have it. That's it. <laughs> I want to eat, bang, 
and paint. But you play. do like to see people on TV. You like to watch The Bachelorette. You like these are your I friends, love it. the I Beverly love Hills friends. Housewives. Oh, I love those gals. <laughs> <laughs> That's where you I want get, people on TV. I don't even know why Beth wants to go anywhere. She's the one who's going to push us back into. She goes, "Oh, I was in the city. I want to go in October. Where after we get the new vaccine, we're going into the city for two weeks." And I go, what? <laughs> Where am I going for two weeks? And this, and, and we're going to go to restaurants. I go, well, how are we going to eat outdoors? She goes, no, it's going to be too cold. We're going to eat indoors. I go, oh, my God, really? <laughs> so now I have to get sick and roll the dice with the COVID? Oh, I know what it was. I was watching the uh, Emmys because I wanted to watch um, Jimmy's bit to see if he did something wrong. He didn't do anything wrong. People just busting his balls. Fuck, fuck people, people like though. to get upset. Don't you get it? Yeah, they, I try to they call look them for any reason to be upset. I called them yesterday to say, fuck these people. Give this shit. Piss on them. It's ridiculous. I mean, you can't try anything on TV without people fucking busting your balls. But uh, he didn't pick up. So maybe he was upset about it. I don't know. Maybe he was I upset have, about I it. I haven't maybe heard he... him say anything about it. Did he say anything on his show last no, no. night I according wondered. to the guys no i don't stay up late but i watched the rest of the emmys and i saw bill Hader was actually the only dude who i love bill Hader. i haven't seen barry i don't and i and i i'm sure it's good if he's in it but i don't i can't watch every show and my my tastes are very specific i have the taste of a teenage girl i i saw a thing on netflix i can't wait to watch it says the summer i got hot that's the name of the movie it's a teen flick and it's about and a girl, girl who wasn't what? Go ahead. Well, it's about a girl who wasn't hot, and then she got hot one summer, and then all of a sudden, all well, the guys. Well, I don't her. know if you read a blurb about it, but that's what no. it sounds like, right? <laughs> yeah. Is it not? Is it not that? I don't know. I haven't. Oh. I, that that is the way. You know, the difference between you and me. You see that title, and you say, "I got to watch that," and I say, "I don't have to watch it." But I saw your girl Joey King, who's your favorite actress. Oh yeah, she's good, Joey King. I like her. <laughs> I like her. <laughs> I uh, she intrigues me, Joey King. I like that. Yeah, girl. well, she's it, she seems to be the new, you know, since those what were those movies called? You watch? Well, you know, like the Rat Pack movies. The no, 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 no. Well, she's the girl in the high school, and yeah. what's the name of those movies? You don't They're remember? They're called movies. Movies. <laughs> They're called movies. Netflix movies. I mean, like the Kissing Booth. Yes, the kissing oh, yeah. booth movies. The kissing booth, because yeah. of those kissing booth movies, she seems to be now the girl you want to see how she's going to wind up hooking up with somebody in a movie. Yeah, I would have and had so, a crush on her in college, like for example, but she would never mm -hmm. have looked at me. You know. Well, you never know. Oh, I know. I'm pretty. I'm pretty <laughs> definite. <laughs> I know who looked at me and who didn't. All I was I'm not a guy you looked that, at. Now she's like a franchise. They keep putting her in movies sure. like that because she's the girl everybody, you know, sort of relates to is I could be her. And now if she gets the guy, I could get the guy. And so there's this one movie where it's called Princess. And I was like, I wonder if Howard's seen this because Joey King is in it. No, I'm way behind on uh, everything. I haven't been watching a lot of shows. I'm just getting back into Virgin River. Which I'm not digging all that much, but I'm watching it because I'm a, you know, I've been in it for a long time. You're uh, loyal. You try. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, but I did wonder about the Joey King princess movie because it's, you know, it's more of she's like a, a princess who can fight. I don't know if that would be. No, I don't. I don't want to see anybody fighting. I like you don't want making. Joey King to beat you up. No, no. <laughs> but I do like Morbius with Jared Leto. You I like did? that movie. Yeah, love it. Loved oh, it. I th- thought it was terrible. No, it was good. I like Jared Leto. I like when he's uh, the Joker. What is he again? He was, was he the Joker. What was he again? I don't know. He was but something. I him. Yeah, it he's wasn't good. the Joker. He's a real weirdo. Yes, he is. Like Genuine. That. Genuine weirdo. Yeah. He dresses like a clown. <laughs> no, Jared Leto was the Joker in one of the Batman movies, and he was good. And then he was um, Morbius. And I like Morbius. Huh. And, uh, yeah, he was in Justice League. If I remember Justice correctly. Justice League, isn't that DC? I don't yeah. know. I'm well, the Joker, confused. the Joker is DC. Oh, Where are you? I, Come over here. I think everything. Wish Marvel I was in the room with you. Point. You're a little, uh, you're a little <laughs> bit uh, out of it this morning. I am. I'm yeah. half asleep. I don't know. I can't get back into the schedule. Uh, what? Oh, is that what's going on? A little yeah. bit dopey from the uh, schedule. Little, little dopey. No, I'm right back into it. I, I kept my schedule over the summer. I, I, God, some days I would get up at two o'clock in the morning. I just can't <laughs> sleep. I'm just so excited to get up and do my thing really? while I'm on vacation. Yeah. And when we're back you just at work, said you I didn't get anything done. No, I, I just, I just was, uh, reveling in the time off. Mm. I never, I never went swimming. Well, I got this. I went to the, um, dermatologist for my yearly checkup and for the first time ever, I had, um, I had cancer. Um, you know, one of those, what do you call it? Basal cell carcinomas that you uh-huh. get on your back or something. So I called Robin immediately as a fellow survivor. That's um, right. Yes. He did say, Robin, I'm a survivor too. <laughs> I go, Robin, now I can relate. Now I know what you've gone through. I too have to go. Hey, so when you get one of these little basal cell carcinomas and thank you to my dermatologist for spotting it. It's like a little dot on your back. You would never even notice it. And he says you can get rid of it um, two different ways. You can just do a burn and scrape. I go, yeah. And uh, or you can do this thing called Moe's surgery. It was named after when Dr. Moe, I guess. Dr. Moe. Or Dr. Larry, Dr. Curly. Yeah. <laughs> um, and uh, they go or, you know, they can really take that all out and they do like a surgery and you're there for hours. And I go, oh, well, that hours. sounds like the right way to go. I mean, I want it out. I want the whole thing out. They go, no, it's overkill. Just do the burn and scrape. So I thought the burn and scrape would be nothing, which it was. I mean, I went, I did it, but it was taking forever to heal. Oh. And I had, and Beth had to put cream on it. It was a whole, the whole summer was, and, but I couldn't swim or anything. I was afraid to. I didn't want to get it infected. So the whole and summer was. And then you was, get more afraid of the sun, right? So yeah, now, now you're I'm wrapping like, up like a beekeeper. Oh my God. You should see me when I walk. I look like, uh, Catherine Hepburn on, old, on, old gold, on Golden Pond. I look like that kind of old woman walking oh, around God. with big giant hats and, but I, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to get the sun on my face. My mom never, you know, when I used to go to the beach, when we were kids, we would go to Point Lookout or Jones Beach. My mom never put, I don't remember putting any lotion on me. I would come home like a crab. I look red as a crab. <laughs> of course I probably have some shit on my back now. 
from, you know, that's from years of neglect. You know, I go to the beach with my sister and lay there and, you know, run around and, you know, forget about it. So, yeah, so they found this little thing and then, and then it wouldn't heal, but it turned out the scab was holding on because I had a hair on my back. How gross is that? And the hair was holding on to the scab. And so I had to go back and they picked it off. It was a whole fucking summer of this stupid little fucking scab, but that was it. So but, that took uh, up all your time this summer. <laughs> That's why you. Oh didn't my get god, I was done. so busy. I was so busy with this scab. <laughs> but it's great the way they spot that shit. But yeah, I did a lot of painting, and I got into when I paint, I play music. It's very, it's a beautiful ritual. I. I listen to some of my favorites or I try to learn new music. And I tell you, you know who I got a real appreciation for? I hope I can explain this properly. You might not get it from this rap. But I had this revelation about Gary Clark Jr. You know, he's been on our show. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He's uh, great. Cool dude. Great guitar player. Singer. And um, I'm listening to I'm listening to Gary Clark Jr., and he's doing a cover version of Jimi Hendrix, Third Third Stone from the Sun. Now, if you know the album experience as well as I do, the last song you would cover is Third Stone from the Sun. You know what I mean? I mean, if you remember the Jimi Hendrix song, who would cover this? You know what I mean? Yeah. And Jimmy's mumbling through it. I happen to like it. It's kind of a cool, moody thing, but... I love the whole album. You know, but listen to this shit. But this isn't the one you'd cover, right? (laughs) Any other song on Experience you would cover, but not this one. This is why Gary Clark Jr. is great. So I see he's got a nine-minute version of Third Stone from the Sun. The original was six minutes and 44 seconds, and I know that because I was a DJ, and a lot of times if I was in big trouble bathroom-wise... You put that shit on, you're in business. (laughs) Nobody's listening. They all tune out, but you're, you know, you got a six minute, 44. There's there's something on the radio. Yeah. Yeah. Other than Freebird. So um, (laughs) anyway, Gary Clark Jr. covered Third Stone from the Sun. And you say, okay, Howard, that's not such a genius. But he did something that I think more people should do. He covered Third Stone from the Sun. And then in the middle of it, he breaks out into his own original song. He took the music of Third Stone from the Sun and then created a song out of it. And I went, wow, now that's fucking brilliant. And I and I went, you know, I want, you know, I've always said, geez, wouldn't that be cool if somebody took um, an instrumental song and gave lyrics to it? And, and you know what I mean? It, it, yeah, sometimes it happens by accident or something, but nobody generally does it. They usually do a cover. Yeah, so, but anyway, this song is nine minutes long. I'm not going to play the whole song, but. Uh, how did he add an additional three minutes? That's the crazy well, thing. First, because, first of all, listen to this. I think it's brilliant. <laughs> I dig this guy. And nobody makes a big deal about this guy. You know, nobody's rocking anymore. Well, but he he's has rocking. a following. He's has yeah. a following. Yeah. I feel his following should be bigger. Like, just even this. I get turned on. Every time I play, now I got that on my favorites list of songs, uh-huh. and uh, I get all jazzed up, and I get out my air guitar, and I start fucking playing. <laughs> I thought you were painted. Yeah, but sometimes I jump out of my painting chair, and, I, and I'm and i like, <laughs> I'm playing. 
good is that? And like it's a big build-up. This guy's the man. Gary Clark Jr. And like, I've interviewed him and he's like, he's so mellow. I don't know whether he's high or what his deal is, but... It's very laid back. Yeah, yeah like, very laid back. You're not even sure he's in the room with you. When I went to see him, he said, uh, can you come and see me after the show? He didn't want to meet anybody before the show. I was like, I'm not going to be awake after the show. <laughs> yeah, dude. Not after a nine-minute version of Third Stone from the Sun. <laughs> Listen to this guy. Well, this is a real artist. It's very muscular. This is the way I would uh, describe this song. Very, very manly. But anyway, if you sit and listen through the whole thing, if I was to fast forward, he suddenly all of a sudden into, there's a there's a yeah. song. Yeah, all of a sudden he starts singing something else. Let me see if I can find it. Yeah, this will take forever. Oh, here it is. Then it breaks into this. This is the same song. And wait, he's going to get back to Third Stone from the Sun. He's going to weave it all together. <laughs> it's crazy. And you're like, hey, what's this? Like, what the, what, the, what the fuck happened to Third Stone from the Sun? Yeah, is this another song? Yeah, it's the same thing. Wait, he's getting there. Fucking brilliant, right? Mm. Come on. Too bad he's married. He would have been good for you. Yeah, I could see you. Stop it right now. Robin. Robin Clark Jr. You know, this man would not be good for me. <laughs> if you marry a guy named Gary Clark Jr., do you become Robin Clark Jr.? Yes. Like, are you a junior also? I have to take the junior, too. <laughs> do you? I wonder about that. Are you, do you become Robin Clark? I don't know. Because, like, um, Robert Downey Jr., I saw him over the summer. He sends his regards, by the way. And, uh, he, Is there a Mrs. Uh, Downey Jr.? Yeah, yeah. In other words, his wife. I always go, hmm. Is she Mrs. Downey Jr. or is she Mrs. Downey? <laughs> anyway, hmm, I don't know. I don't know what we the... have to check on that. You know, because the thing that I'm I'm really interested in now is with these titles. Is um, there's King Charles, King Charles, yeah, and the Queen Consort. 
Yeah, I know. Yeah, that took me by surprise. Isn't a King Charles a dog? Isn't there some yes, dog named King, King Charles? Yes, there's a King Charles something or other. Every time I look at him, I go, Spaniel King Charles. I go, <laughs> <laughs> King Charles, like he's a dog. <laughs> I know there's I a, a King, King Charles. I think it's a King Charles Cavalier is what they're called. There it is. Okay. There you go. Papa Fuhai with the facts. Um, she's the other the consort, which means he bangs her. <laughs> oh, the guys just wrote me Robert Downey Jr.'s. Yeah, right. He's some King Charles bangs her, and she's like the queen's consort or the king's <laughs> consort, whatever the fuck she is. Robert Downey Jr.'s wife is Susan Downey. She does not. She's not Susan. She's Downey not Jr. a junior. Yeah, <laughs> but I, I think I might have committed the faux pas and called her Susan Downey Jr. <laughs> Yeah, you addressed that on a letter. Hello, Cincinnati Jr. Yeah, he's one of the few people I saw over the summer. He came over. He went through Uh thorough testing, and I let him in the house. You tested Iron Man. Yeah, I tested him two times. (laughs) (laughs) I go, Iron Man, uh, put a Q-tip up your nose. (laughs) His wife's a doll. Very good, a tight relationship there, those two. Well, very, they're very married. Sweet. I hope it's tight. Oh, I see. I've had married people over here. They don't seem too tight. They don't even know each other. <laughs> they barely hold hands. Even. <laughs> well, what do you think of this Tom Brady and Giselle Bündchen thing? It's fucking crazy. First of all, how does that shit get out there? Number one, why isn't she denying it? Even if it's true. No, that's she's giving interviews it. about it. That's what I mean. I mean, what? what is this? Meanwhile, so I heard Tom Brady. He won't listen, so she's putting it in the press. Meanwhile, I hear Tom Brady won his game. Yes, uh, he did. I mean, if he's going to have wife problems, he might as well win. Let me tell you, Robin's available, Tom. If Giselle don't want you, <laughs> I don't mind you playing. <laughs> Robin Brady Jr. She'd be thrilled if you got out of the house and played. <laughs> want him to be more present. She wants to be the quarterback's consort. <laughs> there you go. The other song that was driving me crazy over the summer was this one from um, School of Fish. I love this song, Three Strange Days. And I'm like, I, it, it, it bothers me. Like, how do these guys not have another hit song? It, it, this song is so good. It gets me so cuckoo, this song. And yet, I don't know any other song by these guys except for this one. How is it possible you only write one good song? It doesn't make sense. Sometimes that's all you have. Is that it? That's all you yeah. got? Yeah. It's like if we did one good radio show. Some have That's accused right. us of only doing one good radio <laughs> show. Yeah. So you've been waiting for another one all this time. Yeah. Keep waiting. Listen to that. That's perfect. Wish I could play that. I start painting like a madman when that comes on. Really? You get faster at your strokes? Well, no, it inspires me to be to 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 really focus and make a great painting. Like if these guys made that great song, I could make a great painting if I really I see. focus. See? I get all charged up. I get charged up from music. It's like food.
then I got sad. We kept playing on our uh, app the um, ZZ Top when they were in, in uh, I don't know what year it was, but I was watching uh, Dusty playing bass, and, you know, he died. Yeah. And I'm, that's such a tight band, ZZ Top, the three of them, you know, Frank Beard and Dusty and the lead guy, of course, the man himself. <laughs> What's wrong with those? Both, neither one of us could go. I know, I know, I know. Uh, Billy Gibbons. Billy Gibbons. I'm, t- yeah, I, I, I'm sorry, Billy. I, I just drew a fucking blank. He won't care. But I was watching that uh, when they were on our show. I mean, there's such a unit, you know what I mean? And it's so great. That bass line. Yeah. I love it. I've. I've watched this clip from our show 10 million times. I suggest you do it, too. It's so good. What a band. And, you know, Dusty died, and it's like, "Eh, the world goes on. Dusty's gone. Look, if the queen can die and the world goes on, you know she's Uh-oh. going on if Dusty dies. No offense to the queen, but <laughs> Dusty was way more important than that queen. I, you know, the queen got born into something. Dusty <laughs> Dusty earned every fucking bit of his success. It's just so sad. And, like, you know, it's like, yeah, Dusty's gone and nobody gives a shit except me. I don't even know if the band cares. I don't know. Of course they do. I'm just busting balls. <laughs> but you can't do anything about it. You got to go on. Like, you can't yeah. stop. Well, then there was another weird moment I had. I didn't know about this. This is so fucking strange. So I'm listening to music over the summer. I'm painting away. That's when I listen. Beth walks in and hates everything I listen to. Beth has, like, really, like, you know, she's into, like, soft rock. And, you know, when she hears whatever I'm playing, she's like, I'm leaving. I'm getting out of here. I go, no, honey, I want you to sit here. And I, I have to put on... Um, like coffee house from Sirius, you know, something mellow. Yacht rock. <laughs> Yacht rock. Then as she comes in, I got to turn off the air conditioning. Don't, there's a whole bunch of things I got to do in order to get her to sit with me. Uh, I got to jump through a lot of hoops. What was that? What? There's something I didn't hear in anything. the room, uh, like an animal. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't hear anything. <laughs> I didn't hear anything. I don't know what you're talking about. There was there was a strange noise. That's like, that's that's like, human. That's right. That's like, it didn't sound human. It's like when a woman drops out of your ceiling and uh, you don't know how she got in your bed. <laughs> it was an evil spirit that I'm battling right now. No, this was really interesting. Um, so I'm listening to music and there was this uh, cover version of Raspberry Beret from the Hindu love gods. And I'm like. Hindu hmm. love gods. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Where are I these never names coming from. I never heard of the Hindu love gods, which was strange. And I'm listening, and I'm going, "This is really good." This is what I was listening to. I had no. Was a cover of Raspberry Beret.
I'm listening to this, and I'm thinking to myself, oh, my God, this is so good. I can't wait to play it on the radio and turn people on to this new band I discovered. I, first of all, the lead singer sounds exactly like Warren Zevon, and I miss the fuck out of Warren Zevon, and it sounds so good. I was like, man, this must be, I got to look into this band. So it, I just found out. It's not a new band. It's an old band. And it is Warren Zevon. It was all the members of R.E.M., except for the lead singer, got together with Warren Zevon and did music. Oh. I, had, I missed that whole experiment. I was going to say, it sounds kind of retro with that, yeah. you know, singer. I had. How did I miss that? Like, I'm like, what's wrong with me that I missed that? You missed a lot in music, apparently, for yeah. some reason or other. Yeah. You sound like Meg Griffin. Mr. That's Musician. She, that's what she used to say to me. We're going to make you the morning man because you don't know anything about music. <clears throat> I go, all right. Who cares? Meg knew this. Yeah. Yeah. But I was like, oh, my God, this guy's like the reincarnation of Warren Zevon. And then this morning, the guy said to me, that is Warren Zevon, you knucklehead. <laughs> Evidently, they got together and did a whole bunch of songs. Yeah, so. So you haven't discovered anything? In other well, words. no, I didn't discover that. <laughs> and I, I thought I had discovered, like, I was like, I'm going to sign these fuckers. <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make it. Um, and, you know, another thought I had about music over the summer was Ozzy. Ozzy Osbourne. Mm-hmm. I'm a big Ozzy, Ozzy fan. I just love the sound of his voice. And that song changes that he does, which is kind of yeah. like a, a mellow song. It's so good. You know, it's just so he's so good. And that song gets me cuckoo. Like I start thinking when I'm painting, I get real sad and I get all kind of weird thoughts. Uh, Beth yells at me. She says, don't listen to music. You get all fucking moody. I go. I just get all moody. Hard to believe Ozzy can sing this good. It's an eerie song, that little keyboard thing. Whatever it is. I love the song, but it's too late now. I've let her go. Here we go. Wow. Does that get you? Oh, yeah. Yeah. The best is after, right after your father dies, just put this on. Oh, no. Yeah, I did that. It actually made me feel something, which is weird. This part, oh, my God. It's really weird for me. I spent most of my life pushing away emotion. But if you're pushing away emotion, you have to know it's there. Yeah, I don't even know that. That's the weird thing. <laughs> What are you pushing if there's nothing there? I don't know what I'm doing. I'm doing a lot of pushing and I'm going to get hemorrhoids. But the um, emotional hemorrhoids. But um, I did find this one group. I thought was this is girl who uh, has a bunch of dudes and a, a female lead singer called Man 
not man. They're called um, a short walk to Pluto, and they okay. do cover. They cover a lot of songs, and I thought they were really good. That I went and listened to their original music, but I didn't like it as much. I like when they cover stuff. The girl's got a good voice. They were like covering Led Zeppelin. And if I say to you tomorrow, like it's really good. Take my hand, child, come with me. I don't know who they are. I guess they're like a cover band. You said they have original music, though. Yeah, they got to get that together. Don't tell me this is also Warren Zevon. I'll I'll smack my head into the wall. Short Walk to Pluto. They're pretty good. They did a whole bunch of covers. Maybe they have some good original tunes. I didn't research that much. But the female singer, the lead singer, is very good. So, I'm looking into that. Looking into it for what reason? For my research. For the show. Oh. Yeah. oh. Maybe, I'll, maybe I'll discover something. <laughs> That's what I tell Beth. I go, oh, I thought I you were a party. Maybe well, I'll hire these people. <laughs> I go, uh... Oh, that's not a bad idea. Maybe to do like a, a bar mitzvah. But, uh, no, I always tell Beth, I got to go upstairs and do work. But meanwhile, I'm up there painting and, and uh, listening to music, and I think I'm working. Because, hey, who knows? Maybe I'll find something good for the show. That's right. Right. And I'm still digging on uh, lithium I'm, on Sirius XM. I'm still digging um, the guy from Rage Against the Machine, Tom Morello. Tom Morello, yeah. He's good. He has a show. One Man Revolution, that motherfucker plays good music. You know, he loves metal. music. He's into it. And he, every show he does, it's an, it's an, <laughs> it's an hour long show. <laughs> you stop. <laughs> Robin, I really dig Tom Morello. <laughs> I, um, Every show he does, he honors uh, the guy from Soundgarden who died, the lead yeah, singer. Yeah, Chris Cornell. Chris Cornell, that's my man. Chris Cornell, he did our show a bunch of times, and uh, he was playing Mailman the other day. I got all sad missing Chris Cornell. I don't believe that guy killed himself. I'm not a conspiracy theory guy. You know, I always believe what uh, whatever they tell you. But I don't believe he killed himself. He's too good looking, too talented. It's campy. Well, you believe there's no reason. That's right. There's no way he could have done that. Can't accept it. Every time but I hear that guy. People are living a reality that you don't see, Howard. I don't know, man. A guy that talented, 
it's too much to live for. I need to kind of get in touch with him. If anyone has real psychic abilities and can get in touch with the dead, I would like to contact Chris Cornell of Soundgarden. That's one guy I want to talk to. Forget Sal is the tapping. Ca- Sal, Howard, can you <laughs> please, Sal, get in touch with him? Next time you float into the sky, you fucking maniac. But he keeps uh, Tom Morello keeps you know Chris Cornell was his singer and audio slave, and that those yeah. dudes. I mean, you can see he really he really feels for the guy. Keeps his name alive. Keeps it out there. I admire that. Something happened to Fred. I keep his name out there. Sure. Absolutely. I know that's what you were thinking, Robin. I was. Right. How's Fred going to be remembered? Right. It's up to me. <laughs> Fred, uh, what's his name? What's Fred's last name again? <laughs> Norris. Yes. Fred Norris. Norris. <laughs> Norris. Are you going to remember Fred or Eric? Which one are you going to remember? Yeah, Fred. I don't buy into Eric for five minutes. He's no Eric. He could name himself whatever he wants. Speaking of names and radio, holy shit. What was I... I was like over the summer too. I'm reading about radio. I get these uh, newsletters about radio. I, I, you know, I try to I try to stay interested in what's happening. And I was reading some story about a guy. Look at this headline. Uh, is this? Oh, this is a, a radio guy. I don't know if he died or he moved radio stations, but they go. Max Media, Virginia Beach, Vice President. Eddie, Eddie Haskell departs. <laughs> oh, get out. I Eddie mean, Haskell? Uh, Eddie Haskell. The guy named himself Eddie Haskell. <laughs> you never see that in any other business but uh, radio, you know? Like, like, Where can you, you imagine take if, a goofy name. Can you imagine if, like, Steve Jobs had named himself Eddie Haskell? <laughs> Apple might never. No one would have bought an Apple computer. The Nobody's whole, the whole, listening to Eddie Haskell yeah. there at the table. He or couldn't if, like, possibly when, have a good idea. Or like if if Nelson Rockefeller, when he was uh, you know a politician and a billionaire, if he had if he had named himself Herman Munster, you know, <laughs> like you know Governor Herman Munster, you don't see it. You know, anyone who wants to be respected, this is the problem in radio. You got too many goofy dudes naming themselves Eddie Haskell. You know, <laughs> and that's why we don't have an academy. <laughs> And we don't get awards. <laughs> like, 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 can you imagine if Bill Gates named himself Wolfman Bill? It, 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 no one would have. Uh, no one would have even. There would be no Microsoft. Uh, you know, we still have to go somewhere to get on a computer. Not be how many? Home. How many years did we have to beg Fred not to name himself Jed Clampett because that's <laughs> the name he wanted to give himself? <laughs> Doggies, Uncle Jed. Uh, oh, thank you. I also uh, saw that finally over the summer, Radio Hall of Fame announces 2022 inductees. Two guys got in who were dying. Well, I know Mad Dog Russo just want to be in the Radio yeah. Hall of Fame. He got, they finally. I don't know whether they inducted him or he's going to be inducted, but he was chosen as to be in the Radio Hall of Fame. Mad Dog Russo. Uh, yeah, Ma- I know he was on the list and we were like, you know, are you going to get in? <laughs> yeah. So he's going to get in. Yeah, look, at you talk about radio. Chris named himself Mad Dog. And the other guy got in is Broadway Bill Lee <laughs> from CBS FM. 
who I thought deserved to be in. Yeah. Yeah, at the Academy Awards, you never hear those kind of names when they're announcing no. winners. <laughs> no, they go, oh, the winner is Leonardo DiCaprio. Imagine if Leonardo DiCaprio renamed himself Thurston Howell III. And the winner is <laughs> Thurston Howell III. <laughs> you know, radio, radio doesn't respect itself. You know, one of the things I tried to bring to radio was name, my, name me me, Howard Stern. <laughs> Not that it was such a great name. Everybody had a shtick back then. You had uh, Allison Steele, the Nightbird. Can you imagine Warren Buffett, the Nightbird? <laughs> you know, no one, no one uh, names themselves that in any other business. Who do we work with? Dead Air Dave. How about this? Dead Air Elon Musk. You right. just don't hear it. You don't. It's just not. It's, un, it's almost it's like of. we fashioned uh, radio after the mob. You know how everybody has a nickname. <laughs> Vinny the Chin. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I see. Eddie Haskell departed his position, position as vice president of operations and programming for Max Media of Hampton Roads on Friday. Haskell told All Access. Haskell. Eddie Haskell told them. I enjoyed my two years with Max Media, and I wish everyone the very best while I am looking for my next programming opportunity. Get me Eddie Haskell on the phone. Let's get him in here. Programming. Eddie Haskell. Does he say, good morning, Mrs. Cleaver? Yeah. <laughs> How far does he take that Eddie Haskell thing? Did he legally change his name to Eddie Haskell? Do all his friends call him Eddie? And is it right. like his wife just calls him his real name, which is like, you know, Roberto or whatever the fuck it is? <laughs> Let's see. Radio I have Hall no of idea. Yeah. Where do you take that? Radio Hall of Fame induction ceremony is being held on November 1st in Chicago. Oh, Jesus. Tickets are $650 each or a table of 10 for $7,200. I guess uh, Mad Dog's going to have to make the trek to Chicago to pick up that coveted award. Does he have to buy a table? Oh, I bought <laughs> It's radio, remember? It ain't the Academy Awards. <laughs> We're, we, we want you to come, um, Mad Dog, but you need to pony up $7,200. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay, I'll pay. What's it going to take? I wonder if I ever got the actual award. Like, did I get a plaque or a, a statue? I, maybe I want that. Does anyone know if I got a statue for being in the Radio Hall of Fame? I don't know if there's a statue. I mean, I would, I guess I'd put it on my bookshelf, maybe. Maybe I should embrace it. I think it. there's some kind of, like, certificate. No, I don't want a certificate. <laughs> Fuck that certificate. What a cheap-ass fucking way. I, I, I wonder, like, if I was, like, an actor and I got a Emmy, would I, like, put that on, like, would I show that to people and put it in my office, or would I, like, put it away, like, just be like, it's so silly. I was looking at a picture of Jennifer Hudson, is it Jennifer Hudson, the singer? Have yeah, I got that Jennifer right? Hudson. Yeah, Jennifer yeah, Hudson. Yeah, she, she just took, uh, you know, I guess there was some publicity she was doing for something, and she had her Grammys. Her Emmy, her no. Academy Award, all sitting in front of her, like on a piano. Mm. And then, you know, it was a portrait of her. And I thought, well, I don't know how to feel about that. Like, all this hardware, she's showing you she's got it. 
I guess if I had all that, I'd have Sal come on it and do a bit. <laughs> By the way, I got to mention this, and I don't want to forget, but the NFL has put out a whole series of hats, and I think they ripped us off from the cum hat. All the hats for all the teams now look like there's, like, cum all over the top of them. I'm not fucking with you. Look, look at this picture. Yeah. This is a picture. So it doesn't look like a new hat. This is crazy. No, it's got white cum stains. Here's Kansas City Chiefs, and here's the uh, Pittsburgh Steelers hat. One in red, one in black. Let me see. I don't. Know, I never know what camera to put this up to. Can you That's see those it. pictures? Oh my goodness, they look. Yeah, they look like they came out of Sal's basement. Right. Looks like Sal designed these hats <laughs> for his load, his massive load. Can you believe that's a design? Ew. That's like, crazy. You're going to see people wearing them like coaches and stuff on the sideline. Damn. Tom Brady was wearing one of those hats on Monday night when he was on the <laughs> sideline. It looked like someone came on his head. <laughs> and I'm like, are they kidding? Is this like a, a an homage to our show? Or uh, Of course it's not. I mean, nobody. What do you mean it's not? Who came up with splashes and splatters on a hat? I mean, does that look like, first of all, it doesn't even look like white paint or design. It looks no. like jism. It, it's yeah. a thin crusty jism all over the hat if you remember sal's work that's what it looks like do you think so let me let me ask you something and be serious uh, try to answer this in a serious manner <laughs> um do you think it's possible even subconsciously that somebody was watching on the app or you know sal's jizz stains and like you know reading about it and said, gee, maybe there's a design. Because, like, you know, artists are quirky. Like, right, they're like, right. yeah, that's kind of cool. They, they call I'm it. I'm telling you, I think it is exactly that. Oh, look and at this. And if it's not, we're going with it. <laughs> I might actually order one. It is a hideous hat. I mean, it really looks like jism sprayed all over the hat. And, and look, go on there, go on the NFL website and look it up. You guys will see. You're going to laugh. It's like a cum stain hat. Yeah. <laughs> Benji has. Benji, can you just start? Benji has the actual jizz hat. And he still you'll see. has it? Oh yeah, he has it in his apartment. Can you show it, Benji, for people to see the comparison? Here it is. Here's Benji holding it up. And Benji has it. Of course he has it. Benji! Hold it up on camera, Wait. Benji. Yeah. Can you see just me? Hold, I see you, yeah. Just hold it up to the camera. Oh, I'm not on for some reason. Okay. Look, there oh it is. Oh, my God. It looks just like those hats. And you know what's even weird? Remember Benji's load was weak and it made little dots yeah. all over yeah. it? Yeah. Like, even the NFL hat has little dots and then it's got like a big sow load all over the top. Right. Yeah. Go look. Go look online. It's Ooh. worth taking a look. You'll be shocked how much it looks like a jizz hat. Thank you, Benji. I can't believe he still Thank has you. that. Oh, yeah. He knows how much that's worth. He's not a fool. <laughs> that's his retirement fund right there. <laughs> oh, here's a fact. That's going to be uh, on auction. I hate to jump around, but Mad Dog said on his radio show that he will be buying a few tables at the Radio Hall of Fame. Oh, my right. goodness. He's probably, yeah. you know, uh, paying for the whole dinner is what he's doing. It's the only way they can make money. Like, no, no guy in radio is going to donate to the Radio Hall of Fame unless you give them an award like Mad Dog, and he's going to bring, I guess he's going to bring a bunch of people. God bless Mad Dog. It's so important to him. He loves it. He's so excited.
about his Radio Hall of Fame. Can any Gary or anyone, Jason, maybe you know, did I win? In a, I know I won technically. You were inducted. You didn't win. Oh, okay. Right. Gary. But, but did I receive a, a, something that I could, ha you know, put on my bookshelf? We can't confirm that. We actually looked at the award, and it didn't look familiar, so I don't remember it getting shipped to the office, but it might have gotten shipped mm -hmm. to you directly or something. I don't remember seeing it. You, what Maybe. does the award look like? I don't remember getting an award. Does anyone know if anyone's ever gotten a statue <laughs> from the Radio Gary! Hall of Fame? That's what I meant. Let's work back. Do we have to buy that, too? <laughs> well, <laughs> I have a feeling if there was an actual statue, they probably got together and said, listen, this fucker's got such a bad attitude. We're not going to bother sending it to him. I had a bad attitude. I didn't go. I told them they were a bunch of assholes, you know. Right. But I didn't say anything. <laughs> hey, I know. They didn't Where's send your me one either. <laughs> well, they might have sent you one. You don't even look in the mail. But, oh, 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 you think I missed it? You? Yeah. <laughs> Howard, Howard, do you want to yeah. see the award? Yes, I do. Yes. Oh, oh, no, I don't have anything like that. Now, let me ask you, Gary. You think I got one of those? I would. I think I want it. I don't know. It. I don't, I I don't know. It. It, doesn't, it doesn't look familiar. Maybe it's new. Yeah, I've never seen it in the studio. Never. Anywhere. It looks like um, a radio tower with a bunch of, like, radio waves coming out of it. Gary, like, yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's very cool. It looks like it would fall apart. I know. It looks kind of flimsy. The best award I ever got was Blockbuster, the Blockbuster Best Newcomer Actor. And I got that award and the whole fucking thing fell apart. I have it on my uh, shelf. I'm actually kind of proud of that one, but and it was kind of nice. It was a big, like, stone statue with a, a glass circle, and the whole glass circle just fell out mm. about a year in. But I still have the well, half of it. Yeah. I did save that award. For some reason, that was meaningful because I won it for my acting. <laughs> I think, actually, I won it because they wanted me to show up at this thing. And I told them, I'm not showing up unless you give me a fucking award. They said, oh, no, you're going to win. I go, you lot to tell me the results. I go, yeah, we don't care. We got to get people here. <laughs> <laughs> I go, well, if Notice you Notice guarantee... that award show doesn't even exist anymore because Blockbuster went out of business. I said, if you can guarantee me that I'm going to win, I'm going to show up. Yeah, that was kind of cool. They put it on TV, and then they said to me, "Well, who do you want to give you the award?" I go, oh, "I can arrange that too." I said, <laughs> "I thought who's the hottest chick I know?" It was Heather Locklear, who was you know this great beauty. Maybe I could, maybe I could have sex with her if uh, maybe she'll fall yeah. in love with me. And you know, I did a dumb thing with that. I called up um, Heather. I was like, this is great. Now I can call her personally. It's many, many years ago, and I call her up, and I go, Heather, would you give me the award? She goes, yes. I go, I have an idea. I'm going to get on stage, and then instead of paying attention to the award, I'm going to make out with you and put you down on the floor, and we're going to make love. She goes, that's hysterical. I go, it is? I said, great. And then, like, she said, um, why don't you come over and we'll rehearse? 
and I didn't go. I said, oh, it's going to be, let's just do it. It was kind of lame, actually. But, I mean, I should have gone over to her house and re- rehearsed because maybe I could have had sex with her, but probably not. Yeah, you weren't going to have sex actually on stage, but maybe no, at the no, house no, during no. the rehearsal, yeah. something could have happened. Yeah, she goes, oh, yeah, a bunch of my girlfriends are coming over. We watch, um, she, they watch something on TV together, and we all just sit around in our in our pajamas. I go, pajamas or lingerie? <laughs> They go, well, she goes, well, some people are in lingerie. I go, wait, all your hot friends sit around hey now. In, in pajamas and lingerie? She, go, I go, and I'm going to sit there and practice with you? She goes, no, we can go somewhere and practice. I go, I go, and what was wrong with me? I should have gone over her house and practiced Were you with still her. married at that time? Yeah, I was. That was it. <laughs> yeah, that was the problem. That was a big problem. <laughs> I think maybe that's why I didn't go. I was a pretty faithful guy. Uh... Oh, well. It was a fantasy, though. What a beauty. And a fun gal, too. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I remember hanging out with her backstage at a uh, Bon Jovi concert. Richie Sambora was married to her at the time. and She was backstage. and I don't know. We just seem to have, we seem to have a nice time together. <laughs> it seemed to be a chemistry, but I mean, on my part, not on hers. I don't think she felt any. Chemistry. Can't speak for her. Can't speak. Yeah, I can't speak for her, but I know I felt chemistry. <laughs> you had enough chemistry for both of you. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, you don't have to feel anything. I feel enough for both of us. <laughs> Just trust that I feel something for you. That's right. I've got a whole laboratory going. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> hey Chris, what's up in Pennsylvania? You're the man. Hello. Hey now. Hey now. Uh, I just want to call and say why you guys were off. I listened. I went back and finally got to listen to like all your interviews in entirety because most of the time I'm on the road and I can't listen to the whole thing. I just got to say, man, you whatever they say about Barbara Walters and all that shit, you are the best. Yeah, that's right. Uh, they did a side-by-side comparison. They put my interviews up against Barbara Walters, and I won. That's right. This guy's right. Chris knows what he's talking about. Yeah, man. And, uh, you know, just another thing I wanted to say. How, 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 how. How, 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 how. going down to that Meanwhile, Billy Gibbons, let's face it, is, um, I love his singing. I think he's one of the best singers and best guitar players in the world. Oh, man, that whole tribe that came from Texas in that time, like Rocky yep. Erickson, all those guys, they were all head. Johnny Winter, all yep. good. Johnny and Edgar Winter. Thank you, Chris. Oh, all right. Yeah. Later. Ow, all right, man. Have a one. Chris uh, says, I'm the best interviewed and better than Barbara Walters. Forget Barbara Thank Walters. you. Thank you, my mistress. Forget Thank her. You. And Thank let's, you. let's be honest, Barbara Walters was heavily edited. I'm I'm uh, I'm live. That's right. Those those interviews took days, and then they cut her down to a yeah. decent hour. Yeah, oh. you could imagine all the bullshit that was going on in those interviews. <laughs> <laughs> no, in fact, uh, I drove around a couple of times this summer listening to our show, like a quality control thing, and uh, I determined we are the greatest uh, radio show that ever lived. Um, everything I heard was funny to me. So I liked it. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was really good. I really did. I was like sitting in my car laughing and I go, this guy's funny. Thank you. I tried to. Yeah. 
<laughs> and even like you're sitting in your car and you hear Fred play something like this, you start yeah. laughing. Even if I yeah. suck, uh, Fred's picking up the funny. Fred's picking up the, the weight. Yeah. Running with it. He covers for me. I'm just saying. By the way, evidently I am the best interviewer because I got a lot of nice uh, fan feedback on the Rosie O'Donnell uh, interview. She was a guest on our show Monday. She was talking about her new Showtime series, American Gigolo. Uh, I, I, most people that wrote in appreciate Rosie's honesty. I love when guests don't hold back. I only caught 10 minutes of the Rosie interview, but between Woody Allen, Anne H., Louis C.K., she covered all her bases. I can't wait to catch the replay. Uh, always excited when Rosie comes on. There's nothing she is not willing to talk about. Her David Bowie story was hilarious. That is Isn't a funny story. A, I thought about that later, and I was like, oh, my God, I would have. I would have thought David Bowie would have loved Rent. <laughs> and that's probably what she was thinking. Yeah. I went, my kids made me go to Rent. God, I was miserable. <laughs> I was so miserable. I just do not like Broadway plays. I did like hair because everyone was naked at one point. I remember and being... you were uh, 12 or something. I was 12 or 13, and I'm sitting there next <laughs> to my father and mother. And I couldn't even enjoy the nudity because I was so concerned my father would pop a boner. I, I kept looking over to see what pervy look he had on his face. Really? But he was I like, would no. never look at my parents if something like that was going on. Yeah, well, I told you my dad took me to Barbarella. I know. Did he that know? Was that was so creepy. I don't know what the fuck he was naked? thinking. I don't know what he was thinking. My father and I never did anything together, never, unless my mother forced us to. <laughs> Once a year, she forced him to take me to his work, which he was miserable about. She forced me to go to a game with, you know, she forced him to take me to a Met game when it was Shea Stadium. Mm -hmm. And he fucking was ranting and raving when we got home about what a douchebag I was. How all you do is eat hot dog. How many hot dogs did you have? <laughs> and he doesn't even know how to, to watch the game or fill out the... Rest in peace. But uh, <laughs> it was not an easy day. So my mom would... And then my, my mother bought... My, I was a puppeteer. I had had some success as a puppeteer. I'd even been asked to go on the road with a professional uh, puppeting team. But nobody seemed to impress really? me. No matter. Yeah. That's a whole other story. You never said day. that before. You could have been have Jim to, Henson. I have to pay myself as a loser, Rob, and the, the audience like. <laughs> but um, but I, I always felt like a loser. And uh, my, yeah, my, my mom got tickets. The, probably the greatest puppeteer that ever lived was a guy named Bill Baird. Long forgotten. The puppets were outrageous. He'd put on full stage shows. It wasn't like, you, you know, some dipshit fucking marionettes. I mean, these marionettes were full-sized. The fucking strings were like ropes. Bill Baird was probably the greatest puppeteer of all time. And my fantasy was to go see the Bill Baird show. My mom bought tickets, but for some reason she couldn't go. And she said to my father, you take him. Oy vey. <laughs> Thank God he liked it. He had a good time. Oh. Yeah, he liked This was good. <laughs> oh, I was like, oh, thank God. Thank God. So you could hardly... Enjoy yourself because you were so worried about him. I was like Waldo in the Van Halen video, Hot for Teacher. I was shaking the whole time <laughs> that he wouldn't like it. 
So my dad went with me for that. But then one time my mom, I don't know what happened, but she insisted. She, I guess she went away or something, and she said, take Howard to the movies. This never happened once. You know, we would go to movies and go down to Radio City Musical, but that was with my mom. But this was just father and son. And I guess my father, when he was looking for a movie, was like, what the hell do I want to see? He didn't, like, think what is appropriate for a, a kid, right? a child, yeah. Yeah. He took me to the dirtiest movie that was out at that time, which was even Jane Fonda talks about the movie. She goes like, Jesus Christ, I don't know what I was doing. Jane Fonda's naked throughout the movie. It's called Barbarella. Jane Fonda's probably the hottest woman on the planet at that point. And she's running around in an orgasm machine. Her titties are out. Her asshole is out. And I did, you know, I love Jane Fonda. I was in love with Jane Fonda. But my father's watching this with me and Jeez. I thought I was going to kill myself. It was basically Jeez. watching a porn with my dad. So we went from doing nothing to almost beating off together. <laughs> almost had a circle jerk. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't get a boner, you moron. <laughs> and after we got in the car, it was like a... Hey, boner. It was like a sexual assault. It was like we got in the car. No, like Not that he Nobody ever talked, talked to me. Nobody talked. I mean, it was especially quiet. But my oh. father never talked to me anyway in the car. My father only put on the radio and put on Bob Grant and listen or or that guy on W.O.R. Bernard Meltzer. Right. Or, yeah. Talk radio. He loved talk radio. And then if I would go, hey, dad, uh, shut up. <laughs> Bob Grant is talking. I go, oh, OK. My dad did take me to see Bob Grant at a temple. Um, what was Bob, Bob Grant, Grant doing at a temple? He was he, he was doing a, he was a speaking engagement. Oh, Bob Grant was a conservative talk show host, but he always defended Israel. He was very into the Jews because he hey he was smart. He was broadcasting in New York. It's Jew Central, so he you was don't always think like, it was uh, sincere. <laughs> come on, <laughs> what's wrong with you? Showbiz, yeah. And, uh, yeah, we went to see Bob Grant speak. It was like I went to the Holy Grail. Bob Grant. And my father loved Bob Grant. That's, you know, I was like, shit, I wish my father would listen to me like that. So I got on the radio. My dad started listening every day. What was funny about you is that you went to work for music stations and you kept saying, can I talk? Yeah, my dad uh, wasn't into the music. My dad <laughs> thought I was horrible on music radio. He told me. You sound horrible. Oh, I God. told you when you went to college, you should have been a theater major where you would learn to enunciate. As I was like, oh, he was right again. My old man was right. I should have been a theater major. Maybe I, maybe I would have learned how to talk a little bit and not be so nervous. Everyone I know in the radio has acting experience. Hey. <laughs> What makes you think you could be on the radio? You have no summer stock or acting experience. I go, yeah, you got that right. I'm pretty much a fucking loser. <laughs> Take it easy. Well, I am. Oh, look who it is, my boyfriend, Ralph. Hey, Ben. Hey, now. Hey, I remember that Heather Locklear thing. And <laughs> I was I was begging you to go. It was I forget why yeah, he was. Uh, 
Yeah, I forget what you were there for. It was something, and I think I was in L.A. to get the Blockbuster Award, but I was also doing something. I was working on something, and uh, yeah, you had to work and, in the morning, and you're like, oh, Heather and her friends are watching some dopey show, and she wants me to stop. I'm like. <laughs> Let's go! All of a sudden, I put myself in it. <laughs> like, yeah. come on, let's, you know, and you like, were married. Nobody like, invited you know Ralph. Yeah. Ralph's right. Uh, my work ethic is so strong, and maybe oh. this is why I was successful. I was like, no, no, I can't go over there and drink wine. I have a radio show to do in the morning. It wasn't and Ralph's like, I, I'm like, yeah, let's just go check it out, man. R- Ralph's like, like, what's doing? Ralph's like, you know, Ralph's got nothing to do. He's like, yeah, come on, let's go. And I'm like, I can't. I have a show. But meanwhile, it's haunted me for years that I didn't go over to Heather Locklear's house. And I even said, where's Richie? Where's Richie Sambor? She goes, oh, he's out. I have my girlfriends here. And they're all just kind of hanging out in their pajamas. I go, what are you wearing? I remember I asked her, I go, what are you wearing? She goes, oh, like a little negligee. I was like, you idiot. Heather Locklear's in a negligee. Richie Sambora's not home. She's there with a bunch of our hot friends, and she wants to she wants to um, practice making out with me and, and me jumping me. on top of her. You're, you're busy looking at me. <laughs> <laughs> you're hot. Uh, yeah, I didn't go. That shows you my level of dedication to this show. Lest anyone think I'm not a dedicated human being. It was like it was like a shoot or something in the morning for something. Yeah, whenever you went to LA, you booked like twenty work things, and it was something like yeah. That. You but, might, you know, what you might have had like one of those what? e openings yeah. for the show. You yeah. might have. Oh right, it was something stupid like that. Yeah. Like, Come on, let's, let's just go for a minute, just a few minutes, just to see. You weren't gonna. You were married yeah. at the time. You weren't gonna do anything. Oh, I Ralph, I can't. I can't go hang out with a naked head of Locklear because uh, I've got to go do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I wanted to kill myself. He's right. He's right. I've uh, passed up a lot of opportunities in my life. I'll tell you that. Well, lest anyone think you haven't. <laughs> and I was getting the vibe that maybe she was possibly interested in some freaky thing with me, but uh, that was my fantasy. Well, you always uh, get that vibe. The, yeah. like, and, well, you want to know what? She said, let's you, practice kissing. I know. <laughs> Well, that's no like vibe. I, that's a... And I'm like, I don't need practice. I know how to kiss you. You idiot. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's practice banging. All right. All right, Ralphie, you're right. I do remember that. Thank you. Yeah, I'm tr- I you. keep trying to think of what show they were watching. Yeah. Because that like, was funny to me, too. It was like one of those soap opery, like Melrose Plays kind of Yeah, shows. you know what it was? It was her show they watched. It was her they show. That's Melrose why I Plays. thought that she was yeah. inviting people over to watch her show. Well, I was somewhat, I was kind of freaked out, but I go, wait a second. You and your girlfriends all get together in sexy outfits and watch Melrose Plays, your show? She was like, yeah. Yeah. So they, she goes, she goes, I don't really watch, but they do. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I couldn't go. I had to be fresh for my shoot with Melrose Larry Green to cut the E opening. Right. <laughs> I needed to look my best. Yeah, yeah. You know what, though? Thank God, because I would have been in big trouble. I was a married man. I can't go over and make out with people at their house. I can't do that. Yeah, how do you explain that? No, honey, we were rehearsing for the yeah. Blockbuster Award. Yeah, rehearsal. <laughs> That's not cheating. It's rehearsal. <laughs> I didn't finger her. It was part of the routine we were doing on stage. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Ralphie. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you. Thank you.
Ralph asked me. Ralph asked me the other day, "Is it okay to still say thank you?" Because that's him imitating my father. And, oh, uh, and I he said, thought that would bring bad memories or something. No, I don't know. I just said, "Sure." My father it, probably would love it. It's a bummer a bit, but I'm, yeah. I can't stop. No, uh, I think it's you that's the bummer. I don't think it's thank you. Oh, shut up! <laughs> hey, I got a I got a great story about your father. If you remember this. You, uh, one of your daughters was doing some type of show, a play or something like that, and the whole family was there. It was you and your mom and your daughters, and we went to it. I went with you. We show up. Your mom and dad are standing there, and you, for some reason, I forget what all would happen, but you go, hey, do your imitation of my father for him, and he's standing right next to me, and I'm like, no, and you're like, yeah, yeah, you go ahead, do it, do it, it's funny, no, no, and I didn't want to do it, I felt really uncomfortable, and I did it, and he looked, I was like, hello, thank you, Howard, you idiot, and he looked at me, and I thought he was going to hit me. (laughs) (laughs) I'll never forget the look. (laughs) Knowing, I'm sure my father thought Ralph was dopey. You know, yeah. so, yeah. He looked at me. Don't, went to punch don't me. stupid. That is a stupid uh, thing you are doing. <laughs> All right, Ralph. There you go. Yeah, I was. I insisted that Ralph do his impression of my father. Oh, for my no. father. Yeah, I do remember that. That's a funny you, uh, memory. Yeah. Yeah, it's great. You set me up for disaster. <laughs> <laughs> Ralph bombed. All right, enough of Ralph. Can only take so much, Ralph. Right, Robin. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Anyway, yeah. So, the, so the gang, the the people who listen to the show, like Rosie. Rosie had a good time. She went on TikTok and uh, said uh, how much fun she had and how much she loves the show and doing it. So that was oh, nice. Good. Yeah, I'm glad. I'm still not going to um, get a TikTok uh, subscription. I'm just refusing now. Most of these social media things. Yeah, I don't know. I went on there to see Rosie's thing and. Uh, I mean, it, to me, it's kind of similar to Instagram or Twitter. Yeah. I don't. I still don't see the difference between Twitter and Instagram. But everyone insists I'm just out of it. I mean, it's well, Twitter and Instagram are different. But are they? If if something good is on TikTok, it shows up other places. That's why I don't have to subscribe. No, I should subscribe. I'm a member of the media. <laughs> you know. <laughs> uh, William in North Carolina. Hey, pal. Howard, how are you, sir? Good, thank you. Good, good. Um, Robin, hello to you. Uh, first time caller to your show. I just want to say that you, you criticize yourself a lot, and I don't think that you should because there's a lot of things in your life that you've accomplished that most people can pretty mm-hmm. much not say that they've done. Um, a lot of my friends, like when you, I've been listening to you for a very, very long time, and a lot of my friends were just like, why do you listen to Howard Stern? Howard Stern is so vulgar and all that other stuff. You, there should be a category at this awards thing for the most prolific interviewer because you are probably one of the best interviewers i think oh, look on this that. planet well there you go you gotta you gotta tell these people to create a, an award for yeah, me. I should where be, uh, where's the committee get on that committee get I uh, mean, that award set up and by the way when i win my award i want will arnett to drag jimmy kimmel out <laughs> and uh, the whole time i'm talking i want him to lay there dead i i am not <laughs> offended by that at all by the way, the word is William. I like what you're yes. saying, but the word is prolific, not prolific. I'm sorry. Prevalent. All right. The best, Howard. The best. Later, William. Thank you. Yep. William in North Carolina, all the way from North Carolina. 
to tell me I am the most prolific interviewer ever. <laughs> I didn't want to point that out. I was hoping other people didn't hear it so that uh, they would just take the compliment. Yeah, it really prevalent. sucks when somebody tells you you're the best at something and then they use the word prolific. <laughs> it kind of ruins the moment. You know, I usually uh, jump on that stuff, but I was like, no, I'm not. Let's hope everybody knew what he said. Yeah, thank you for understood not understood what he was talking about. Thank, thank you for not ruining that very special moment for me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what else was in the mail? Howard, how dare you make fun of Cheryl Lee Ralph? That was a big moment for her. If she wants to sing, let her sing. I, I, I don't know. I thought it was a little much, but. How dare you? I am an endangered species. It's very actory. Has she done Broadway? That's a very Broadway. Yeah, she was the original dream girl. I told ah, you that yesterday. Okay. She's, she was born on Broadway. I've hung out with people who work in the theater primarily, and they're all like that. They all like, they're way actory, you know? Mm. It's like almost unbearable. <laughs> like, it, w it wouldn't be unusual to go backstage, bro and like, people's hanging out and going, I am an endangered space. And be like, who are you singing to? The wall? <laughs> you, know, you would see a lot of the actory kind of stuff. Like, everyone proving that they're, like, they're free. In other words, it's it's almost like a bunch They're of. They're an like, artiste. If you've ever been backstage and gotten to know showbiz, you know, theater people, it's almost like you're in a group home of slow adults. Like they're all <laughs> like they're talented people. Don't get me wrong. It's just like you know they're all kind of proving that they are free with their bodies and free, you know very free with their emotions and their and they're not inhibited. You have to prove that you'll do it. You'll commit to anything. So it's like, you know, everyone's walking around. I am an endangered species. <laughs> what is that? Uh, is that a song, it's, an actual it's song? It's a song. I think I was oh, looking at it yesterday, no. and I think a woman <laughs> named Diana Reeves oh. did the song originally. I've never really heard it, except for now. Cool song. I'm thinking of uh, maybe covering that. <laughs> but I sing no victim song. I... Yeah, yeah. I'm not surprised she's been on Broadway. Yeah. She's got Tony, Ralph. I'm sure. She won a Tony for Best Actress in a Musical for her role in Dreamgirls, Robin. There you go. Yeah. I found out yesterday that Gary knows the whole family. Of Shirley Ralph? Yeah. I know Ralph. Is he related to Shirley Ralph? I don't think no. I don't think Ralph is related to anyone with talent. <laughs> I want to win an award and get up and sing I am an endangered species. What does that mean? I'm an endangered species. I don't know. I mean in relation to her winning the award, why is she an endangered That's my question. I was like, what kind of an endangered species is she? Yeah, it's leaving a lot for me to figure out. But yes, I would Gary informed me that he knew the whole family. Both, and with the school, 
with her brother. Excuse me. Oh, yeah, Gary Gary. Terry. She's from Uniondale, and Gary's from Uniondale, which is adjacent to where I grew up. And uh, Mm, you you went to Did her brother ever beat you up? No, no, no. He was captain of the football team. So uh, she had an older brother who I think played like NCAA Division I football. And wow. then, but she was like Miss Black Team America when she was like 19. So nice. she was kind of the most famous person in our town. And then her brother and I played football together. Shirley Ralph was the first black actress to win that award. Best supporting comedy in 35 years since Jack Hay in 227. There you go. Another. Well, a minute. then it's not a first. Jack Hay did it. First yeah, in 30 sure. years, Robin. Yeah. Uh, we can't keep inventing first. You're either the first uh, fucking look first you. or you're not. <laughs> All right. You better calm down over there. You don't Give have to be so break. You don't have to be so aggressive. <laughs> was she in your grade, Gary? Shirley Ralph? No, she was in my uh my brother Steven's grade. Oh, so like it would have been great if you had like gone out with her or something. Bang no, her. I think she's I think she's four years older than me. She oh, might have been like, right. even between us or something, but she's like four years older than me. Yeah, Gary lived in Uniondale, which was a primarily black. Was it black and Hispanic or black Gary. community? Uh, primarily black. Yeah, I would say it was like fifty. It was like fifty fifty. He had a fifty-fifty. I would have. I would have liked a fifty-fifty community. <laughs> well, yours was at one point. Well, there was. Yeah, there was this very small <laughs> one window. One day, when, yeah. One day, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then the next day, it was ninety-five-five, <laughs> and then it became ninety-nine point nine. And me, <laughs> I would have loved to have dated a black woman. I tried. Forget it. Shot down in a in a blaze of glory. The timing was wrong, baby. Things were different back then. You know? Yeah. It was dangerous to date a white man. You know, you're no pioneer, and nobody was going to go out on the reserve, you know, out off the reservation with you. No No. pioneers back then. Gary, did you ever get to date a black woman when you lived in Uniondale, or were you, uh... Gary? No, no. There There was a girl that I really liked a lot. She was um, half black and half Japanese, but her dad was like, he wouldn't let anybody anywhere near the house. She was so beautiful. Wow. But, um, Gary. Nobody could even come near the house. <laughs> no. She would say, she would say like, I, I would be like, hey, I, can I, you know, I'd love to come over tonight. And she's like, yeah, my dad, my dad said no one can come over. A likely ever. excuse. Yeah, probably. Gary, uh, yeah. yeah, my he dad doesn't Gary want to. said no Gary. one's ever coming over here. The only reason I believed her is because I never saw her with anyone else either. Hey, you know, uh, you know who texted me uh, during those tennis matches is Natalie Maines. I hadn't heard from her forever, and from the Dixie, not the Dixie chick, the chicks, the chicks, the chicks. And she said, "I'm watching tennis, and there's a Baba Booey lookalike winning, and uh, everyone's thinking." She goes, "Everyone is saying it's Baba Booey." And um, who is Baba that? Bowie. That Baba Italian Bowie. guy, Carlos uh, Baba No. Or they're not saying Bowie. Carlos uh, Alcaraz looks like Gary. Yeah. There's an Italian player who looks like Gary. I always think that whenever I see him. And I can't think of his name right now. And he struts around on the court. He's very interesting. I don't know. She was saying the guy. I don't know who she was saying. The but... guy who won everything? I don't know. That I don't Carlos know that much Alcaraz, about Carlos Alcaraz, who is 19 years old. And he doesn't have a big That's hairy mustache. 
She and thought he teeth. looked like Gary. He has big teeth. But she I said Carlos like Alcaraz looks like Gary. And uh, I, I saw a picture of him. That this guy had about a 12-pack uh, with his shirt off. But, yeah, he's uh, 19 years old. Natalie's very um, very obsessed with you, Gary. Oh, yes. Very. Well aware. Yeah. Well aware. Really? Oh, yeah. yeah. She, I whenever I hear from on. her, whenever I hear from her, it's about Baba Fufi. Yep. I don't know why I got so annoyed this morning when the guys, they were talking, Gary over vacation went away for two weeks to Portugal. And I get yes. annoyed by it. You know I do. I get irritated when Gary goes and they put together a whole bit. You were there for two weeks, right? Yes, it was an anniversary trip. Yeah, Gary went to Portugal with his wife, Mary. They put together a little piece. It's annoying. I mean, it, <laughs> I, I don't know. When I, I always think Gary's never doing any work. He's always busy at the Pearl Jam concert or he's on a 14-day vacation night. to Portugal for his anniversary. Yeah, I don't know. It just seems like... I mean, this, but these are all legitimate things. Like, it would be like if I took two weeks off while the show was on, you, right. you have more than a right to be annoyed. It's not a fair thing for you know. And then they go. <laughs> Gary flew first class on the trip, and I get annoyed. I, I don't know. I just. <laughs> How do they know all this about you, Gary? Because they interview Gary, me. Because Gary no, no, does no, not they shut up. Us. Here, here's Gary's vacation. This is called Gary's vacation. Gary's vacation to Portugal. We went to a uh, the Azores. It's a volcanic island, and they they have these uh, uh, holes in the ground where they put the pots of food in, and they leave them there for six hours, and the heat cooks them. It's beef and pork and chicken and cabbage. Gary's vacation. And then we went to the restaurant. Everything was about it was amazing, except that particular dish was not very good. It just wasn't good. Gary's vacation to Portugal. Uh, spent a lot of time on boats. A lot of at the pool, a lot of time at the beach. I went swimming in the hot springs and a lot of walking. The eating was just nonstop great. You'll be shocked to find out I ate quite a bit of shrimp, uh, really more prawns than shrimp. I forget what they call it, but it's kind of like a paella. You know, it's a, it's a mix of like risotto and different seafoods, a lot of grilled seafoods. I had a calamari with bacon that was just ridiculous. Not like what we get here, like really thick calamari. And you know, everything's fresh. Everything's right out of the sea. Like I usually eat a lot of chocolate and stuff, but there wasn't really a lot of that available. So at breakfast, I was actually eating theoretically healthier. I would have like a, a lot of pineapple and mango and watermelon and apples, stuff, you know, fruit for, with breakfast. You know, just uh, a lot, you know, having a good, having a nice drink every night. I like tequila and uh, tequila is not a big thing over there. So um, drank a, we drank a lot of wine. We were in, in, in one of the areas. It's a region that's known for their wines. We were in Porto, so we tried Porto port wine because you know you have to but port and tonic was the drink you know it's all, it's all good when you're there and you get home you're like, yeah. and the places that i stayed in portugal were, were, were great they were all first class but yeah, listen it's just nice to be in your bed gary's vacation i don't know does it annoy you the way it annoys me no i i sometimes get annoyed at some of the other things that gary does you know but right. not his vacation I guess just the thought of Gary munching his way through Portugal like Pac-Man <laughs> as the shrimp and calamari and chocolate and tequila all, you know, getting wine. and Well, he's got to eat. Huh? <laughs> he wouldn't be here. He's a consumer. <laughs> yes. Not a producer, a consumer. I, I, I know that everybody else gets annoyed by it. Does anybody else get annoyed by this who wants to talk on here? I, and explain to me why I'm annoyed. 
because I, I, I am annoyed. And I know, don't send me your letters about how I shouldn't be annoyed at Gary and Gary works hard and all that. You don't think you don't, Gary should work on his marriage and have a a trip on a significant anniversary? Of course he should. Of course he should. But I'm just saying, why does this annoy me so much? <laughs> I think, I think, let's be honest, I think everything I do annoys you. For real. I think it's just, yeah. just maybe been, you're right. It's been, we've been together too long. You know what I mean? <laughs> oh, does that mean you're resigning? <laughs> Jason, no, not too long for a, me, too long for you. Jason, why does this annoy me? It, the freedom, the, you know, just the, the world gallivanting, all the restaurants <laughs> and the beaches. And Can the I say something? Hotel. <laughs> Jason, didn't you basically go on tour with Goose and Fish this summer? I took a couple nights out in Colorado. Yeah. That, listen, yeah, I, mean, you out, I mean, you, and I don't begrudge you. You were out doing, Jason was out going to concerts. I, but in my mind, why in my mind Jason, yeah. Jason, in my mind, I'm just telling you the way I feel. Yeah. In my mind, I'm not saying it's real, but in my mind, Jason's working his ass off. If he takes a day off, I'm like, oh, thank God Jason took a day off. He deserves it. He, and, he and with you, I feel so you're I. like playing pickleball or you're out with, you know, Pearl Jam or you're, but like, but, but you know again, I mean? I'm not picking on, I'm not picking on Jason, but like Jason cooks and he likes to smoke stuff. Like he does things too on his yeah. time off. But the way that I look at Jason. Right. I look at Jason like, God, I just want him to take some time and smoke some weed and chill because I don't want him to hurt himself. With you, it's like, I'm like, Gary should be working harder. You know what I mean? That's, Could that's he stop chilling is what you're saying about Yeah, right. Gary. Like, Ga like, to me, Jason never chills, and I want him to take a chill. With you, I feel like it's like uh, Gary Gary should just do an hour of work to disguise the fact that he's chilling every minute. It's perception, yeah. Yeah, it's a perception, that's all. It's a perceptual thing. I'm sure I'm wrong. It, it to me, this is just a weird thing. It always feels like Gary's life is mostly vacation and then a little <laughs> bit of work. With Jason, it feels different. It feels like he's always working and then he gets a little bit of vacation. I would say we all work hard. Jason works very hard. I watch it every right. day. I know. Jason, you're, is, you're yeah. watching him work. <laughs> is Gary working as hard as you? I want to know. He doesn't know. Uh, listen, I don't, I, I, we're not in the office. I can't spy on him all day long. But, uh, uh, I will say I'm pretty much at my desk from 5 in the morning to 5 in the afternoon and then on email the rest of the day. So. Do you feel like Gary is? No, I don't. Um, exactly. and, but that's, that's also the position he's in. He's, you know, he doesn't have to, oh, you know, it's, it's, uh. Well, no. Why is he in no. that position? <laughs> who, who made him, uh, head of vacation? <laughs> Can I say something? I was on a yeah. phone call. What is he call. conducting <laughs> tours? <laughs> uh, joke, jokes aside, I was on a, Mary and I were in the middle of watching a show last night and at 8.30 right. I got a text and then I got on a phone call for half an hour about a guest that I'm, that we've wanted to have on for a long time. And we're sitting, we're talking about, you know, what city could they be in? Could they be in New York? Can we do it this day juggling? And like, I'm, it's, it doesn't matter way, what time the call comes. I'm not I'm saying, on. I'm not saying you don't work hard. I'm saying the perception that I have. So we got to change the perception. You've got to like, How every time you do, do something, that? well, every time he does something, you should record yourself doing it. Like, why don't you go to a mental institution? Cause you're so stressed out from work. That'll prove to me. <laughs> I'm ready. Yeah, to I'm How about fainting from exhaustion? Yeah, from work. Right, right, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah to go well, to the hospital. <laughs> anyway, there's Gary. And Gary, I'm glad you went to Portugal. Glad you had a good time. Glad you. It was great. Happy was anniversary. Great there you go. Thank you. 30th anniversary. Thank you. Wow. Happy anniversary, Mary. By the way, in Portugal, you can't dial 911. 911 is 112. 
Is that right? That's right. And I also learned that Macaco, people would point at me and go, Macaco, Macaco, Macaco. And I found out that Macaco means monkey. Oh, <laughs> which I found very insulting, by the way. All right. Anyway, Gary, uh, Gary I, does work I, hard. Bless anyone think Gary doesn't work hard. He works very. Can I hard. tell you one thing, Harold? That's funny because we, we yes. talk on the wrap-up show a lot about how my ethnicity could be any of a million things. Yes. And so, you know, uh, I went. We went to go on this tour, and the woman immediately starts speaking to me in Portuguese, and I'm like, "Yeah, I don't speak Portuguese. I don't know what to say." What is that? I mean, you, 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 and and it's, it seems to me that people pin almost any ethnicity Anything. on you, other than Italian. I said to Mary, we were there. I go, "Is there no ethnicity I can't represent?" She goes, "Yeah, Swedish." Right. <laughs> She's right. But I've been like people. People I've been even think you're Spanish. black sometimes, right? Sometimes, yeah. Sometimes, yeah, yeah. Arabic. I told you the great. The, the the greatest one ever was I got into a, a fender bender with a guy uh in the city and he got out of his car as a tall black guy and he got out of his car and he just goes you greasy motherfuckers are all the same and then he took off and I was like I wonder which greasy motherfucker he thinks I am <laughs> <laughs> I like when you went to the to my favorite story with your ethnicity is when you went to the today show yes and uh, it was just when those Chilean miners had all been rescued and they had all the Chilean miners on. And Gary was there for something completely different. And they, 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 they were rounding everyone up to be on the Today Show. And, and the woman came up and started uh, talking, uh, you know, a Spanish or something to uh, Gary. He almost he, got swept into the group picture. I was they, they so mad at him. him. I was so mad at him because I wanted him to go on the Today Show as one of the Chilean miners. <laughs> I didn't even understand what was happening. So before the show, the, the people that are going to talk to you come out and chat with you. So Natalie Morales comes out and she just starts speaking Spanish really quickly. And I was like, I don't speak Spanish. And she goes, oh, but behind me was the Chilean miner who was easily four <laughs> inches shorter than me. And then she just went to him and talked to him. Right. Yeah, nobody. It, it, remember, we, we asked people on the street, "What ethnicity is Gary?" And no one. What knew. ethnicity do you think this man is? This guy is a dark color, maybe not black, but kind of of Indian, Middle Eastern, Middle Eastish. Dark hair, eyebrows, and uh, fact, he's got a mustache and a beard. Algerian. I've been there, and he looks like them. Where was uh, Obama born? Tanya, Tanya, he looks Tanyan. He looks like a Tanyan. He looks Spanish, Hispanic. He's dark and uh, has a Hispanic face. Um, I'm going to say Puerto Rican. Middle Eastern. Curly hair, dark skin, mustache. I lived in the Middle East for a couple years and that was very common. Italian. Curly black hair. Of course, he could be very suntan, too. Possibly Indian, but I'm just taking a guess. After 9-11, weren't you, like, like, like stopped a lot for uh, at the airports for being a terrorist? I got pulled over a couple of times, pulled, you know, pulled aside yeah. at the airport, you know, where they go, uh, excuse me, sir, could you go in that line? Right. And they strip you? search you. <laughs> no, I did not get strip searched. But it, but it is, it, you get slowed down, they look at everything a little closer, they, you know, right. uh, they pat you down a little harder. You look suspicious. Yes. I was of everything. Smart. No. <laughs> they weren't sure what you had done, but they knew you did something. Guilty. Right. They looked at me and they went, guilty. 
All right. We have a lot to get to this morning, and we've gotten to uh, none of it. None of it, because we're busy with Gary and his vacation. <laughs> but, uh, Sounds like a nice vacation, right? Let me just mention a few things, Robin. This Friday, our special airing of Pearl Jam in concert at the Apollo Theater for Sirius XM Small Stages will air on Howard 101, 5 p.m. Eastern and Pacific. Do not miss it. Fabulous Pearl Jam. Next Friday, we will air the Red Hot Chili Peppers Small Stages concert. And also coming up on the show next Monday, we're going to talk to John Hamm, Robin's boyfriend. Oh, my God. That's Are you right. kidding? That's right. You know, the other day I was looking at him somewhere. What was he doing? What is he on? And I thought, John Hamm has never done the show. That seems odd to me. Well, he's doing the show. You know where I saw him? I wonder if you ever watched this. I think you'd enjoy it. I love it. Um, uh, it's Between Two Ferns, the movie, with Zach Galifianakis. You, you know, he does that, that internet thing, yes, Between yes, Two yes. Ferns. I like yeah. that. I think that's funny. Well, he, he did a thing on Netflix called Between Two Ferns, the movie, and John Hamm was in it. Okay. That's where I I'll think I saw him. I'll have to check that out, because I love John Zach. Hamm. And I love yeah. John Hamm. Yeah, I love to look at John Hamm. God, he was amazing. You never watched Mad Men, but oh. no. Oh. Yeah, great. Amazing. Yeah. Big dick energy. <laughs> maybe that's Robin, maybe that's what it please. is. Please. <laughs> anyway, uh, John Hamm will be here to talk about everything he's doing, I guess, and his career and always working, yeah. Always working, always keeping it going. I know a lot of actresses in Hollywood who want to date him. He's a Is very, he not uh, married? I don't know. But, I mean, maybe those actresses don't even care. They want to date him. I think what he's working on, <laughs> believe it or not, is um, he's in the new um, Fletch reboot, uh, the Chevy Chase vehicle that uh, originally oh. happened. Yeah, he's Fletch now. He's confessed Fletch. That's the movie. Wow. All yeah. right. Yep. Love those um, Fletch movies. Yeah. And so, uh, also, uh, Imagine Dragons will be here next week to do a little performance for us. Incubus uh, got together in 1999 when all the members were 15 years old. That's the way to wow. do it. Yep. This was the um, last song written for the album. They Wasn't knew this they the had, biggest hit? Yep. They knew they had one more in them. They knocked this one out really quickly and it ended up being their biggest hit, which is what you hear a lot of times. Hi, I'm Casey yeah. Kasem, and I want you to know everything about the top 100. Wow, 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 wow. A lot of people want to get on the air, talk to us, which I'm going to try to get to in just a couple of minutes. But I did want to finish the fan mail because people took the time to write us. Told you a lot of people like Rosie. A lot of people liked us talking about the Emmys. This person didn't like me talking about Shirley Ralph, like I said, who sang, I am an endangered species. <laughs> Um, what was his problem? 
with you. That um, the, that was a big moment for her. And if she wants to sing, let her sing. I didn't stop her from singing. I just thought it was no. funny. That's all. I didn't know what it meant. But she's an endangered species. Um, some fans preferred Robin's rendition of the speech where we combined Cheryl's acceptance speech with Robin's golden <laughs> voice, which uh, I have preferred too. <laughs> Many people thought Fred was a genius for mixing in Robin into that. And I uh, I agree. Uh, Cheryl Lee may be an endangered species, but our queen Robin is a legendary dove. The world needs that Robin to record. They want you to get in the studio and record a rendition of the uh, song. <laughs> now do you I gotta do, go find the song. <laughs> are you capable of singing the whole song or a piece of it for us now? Or do you feel you need prep? I don't on? know the song. All I know is I, I have to listen to it some more. To, to get the right. Well, you got to growl. You got to growl. Right, because I remember the second part more. But I sing no victim song. Yeah, yeah, you've got this. Yeah. I think we got, rush her into the studio. <laughs> I, you go, I am an endangered species. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, many people wrote us, Robin, about uh, my psychic powers where I contacted the ghosts of Joan Rivers, Bernie Mac, Sam Kinison, and Norm MacDonald. We had a Dead Comics Summer Roundup. And a lot of the listeners loved hearing from the Dead Comics. Some people even went as far as to say as when these people were alive, they didn't like them that much. They like them better dead. Oh, wow. Uh, Howard Seance with the Dead Comedians was hilarious. Not sure what was funnier, the Bernie Mac impression or the Bernie Mac bringing his own soundtrack with him. <laughs> I only wish these great comics could have gotten together like this when they were still alive. It's so true and made me think that we should take some of the living comics and, and uh, contact a few of them and put them in the same room. Yeah. Listening to Norm, Joan, Sam Kinison, and Bernie Mac roast each other was exactly what I needed this morning. They were on fire. Yes, they were. They will forget they're dead, and they have a lot of time on their hands. They have infinity on their hands. I wish the real Joan Rivers was still alive to hop on the air and roast the Joan Rivers impressionist who couldn't get the mic on. It was a comedy of errors. <laughs> awesome bit. That was funny. Many people appreciated me talking to my wife yesterday about EpiPen. EpiPen, Jerry. EpiPen. I had the same experience as Beth. I was stung on the back of my neck by bees, and my entire body started swelling up with hives. Within 15 minutes, my airways started closing. My airway started closing. It was one of the scariest no, moments of my life. No, airways. He has several. <laughs> it was one of the scariest moments of my life. Now I carry an EpiPen everywhere I go. I actually put the S on there. I made a mistake. Okay, so... um yeah, I'll give you Are a follow-up to that. Do you have an EpiPen on you? You said you were going to carry one. Robin, I went upstairs and I said, honey, thank you for coming on the air. And uh, and then we went on our walk and I said, are you carrying your EpiPen? She goes, no. I go, wait, you told Robin you're going to carry an EpiPen. I know. But where is your EpiPen? And then she hates when I say EpiPen. I don't and know what we, you say, what you do when you say EpiPen, but it drives her nuts. It drives her nuts. And I said, honey, <laughs> give me the EpiPen and I'll carry it. So, uh, yeah, she said she lied to you on the air. She said she was going to carry it and she did not. Just so you know. Uh, well, you did. You said you would take you would carry it and you didn't either. 
Well, listen. I mean, some things I got to be free of. I mean, it's, oh I, if I had that if I had the problem, I would carry my own EpiPen. All right, she let needs- me let me give you a scenario. No, you're don't. walking with her, mm-hmm. and she gets stung, and all of a sudden she can't breathe. All right, here's the problem. I wear shorts when I go for a walk that are gym shorts. In other words, I don't have a pocket, so. She wears jean shorts with two big back pockets and side pockets. I don't think an EpiPen should be in, like, because, you know, those jean shorts, the pockets aren't all that secure. No, no, hers are. I see what's doing back there. And plus, no, there's room for an EpiPen. And uh, I even see there's EpiPen cases you can buy. Yes, and you can put them around your neck. Yeah. She won't do that. She just won't do it. She wants to look hot. Uh, what about you? I'm talking to you. Imagine what are me you with that. Do? I wear what a big are you giant. Do? I told you I wear a big giant Catherine Hepburn on Golden Pond hat. Imagine me with look, a big necklace. Lawrence of Arabia. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway, you could wear one more thing. Some fans enjoyed this. Enjoyed the summer obituary game where um, this person said, "I didn't know James Con turned down Superman." He had a fine career, but can you imagine? I would be kicking myself to this day. Rest in peace to a legend. Yeah, I always wonder about that when people uh, turn down down a role. You know, I I turned down a role that ended up being a very big role, and the person was very well received. But I never regretted it. I never regretted turning down the role. So maybe and, you know, we've had, we've had that question, you know, you've asked that of people who've turned down certain things. And most of the time it's an, yeah, I don't regret it. Um, I never believed those people oh, until really? it happened to me. Yeah. Because <laughs> people go, oh, you must be so, you must be kicking yourself. I go, no, not really. In fact, I think the guy <laughs> who took the role did a much better job than I ever would have. I think he was more right for it. I didn't feel like and, it was and for me. What, I remember, I can't remember, it was a female actress who was in here who said, no, I enjoyed what she did with the role. Yeah, I, uh, I didn't care, but I mean, I, I would act again if I felt the role was right for me. You know. Robin, uh, great job on that game as usual. How are you so good at these? I swear it feels like she sees the answers ahead of time. She's so good. No, she does not. She does not. Howard, I love that clip of uh, Nichelle Nichols from Star Trek doing music. Singing. <laughs> uh, this guy says she wasn't the only Star Trek cast member who gave music a shot. Have you heard Leonard Nimoy stuff? Yeah. And this person writes, it's a bizarre. <laughs> yeah, you yeah. think? <laughs> I think William Shatner's music is the most bizarre, but Leonard Nimoy was right up there. He had, um, if I had a hammer, he did a cover of that. Yeah. Well, if I had a hammer... I mean, what, what did, did he not listen to this thing? I mean, who, whose idea was this and who let this be released? Did they listen to this after? I told you, you know, back then the music business was so big that if they saw anybody who had a big following like Leonard Nimoy, they'd say, like hey, you want to do any kind of heat at all? Yeah. 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 You want to do an album? Maybe some idiot will buy it. And sometimes <laughs> idiots did buy it. This one's called The Ballad of Bilbo Baggins. 
This is a song about characters from The Hobbit and Lord of the Rings. In the middle of the earth, in the land of Shire, lives a brave little hobbit whom we all admire with his long wooden pipe. What, is this for a five-year-old? Fuzzy woolly toes, he lives in a hobbit hole and everybody knows him. Bilbo, Bilbo Baggins, he's only three feet tall. <laughs> wow. Ah, showbiz. Here's Nichelle Nichols. Oh, I, I played this yesterday, right, from her album Dark yeah. Side of the Moon. There's a place where a kiss won't harm you Where a love song is just another played uh, clips of the Whack Pack's horrible summer. Fans weighed in. I can never say no to a Bigfoot update, but I'm dying to know. Is there really group sex going on in the group home? Do some <laughs> digging, Wolfie. That's a good question. We should dig into that. Howard, can you send someone with Jeff as he tries to convince a doctor to lop that arm off? No doctor is willing to do it. We've already looked into it. Yeah, he, he had that experience already. He gets a no everywhere he goes. Howard, King of All Black, sounded like he was on his deathbed. I'm glad he's okay. One major side effect of long COVID is loss of smell. I hope it doesn't slow down his panty-sniffing mojo. What if that um, happened? Now he's, like, disabled. He can't smell <laughs> panties. Yeah. Ponties. Robin, ponties. <laughs> ponties, that's true. Ponties. I spilled some water on the table last night at dinner and got on my wife. I said, oh, you should take off your ponties. And uh, she didn't know what I was talking about. Panties. <laughs> she goes, no. And then I try to explain. I go, oh, there's a guy on our show who says the word panties. And, and like, what? What? Panties. Yeah. Yeah. Megan from, uh, where is she from? New York. Okay. Hi. Hi. How are you? I'm okay. What's up? Um, I'm going to a live Q&A with Nine Inch Nails next week. And I was wondering if you had any ideas of what I should ask them. First of all, never to me, them, right? Nine Inch Nails really is um, Trent Reznor. I mean, it's really oh, yeah. just him. Yeah. 100%. And is he going to be at this question and answer period? Yes, there's going to be four of them, I believe. It's in Cleveland. Well, I've always wondered about Trent Reznor. Is he... I, I mean, I love that music, and I went to see him live once, and it was the one of the best live shows I've ever seen. It was just, a, it was just unbelievably cool, the way he mixed video weird shit in with the music and... He looked real cool, like he was covered in some kind of fucking mud or some bullshit. I mean, I don't know what he was doing, but he was genuinely kind of scary on stage. And then, and now you see him, it's kind of like an Alice Cooper thing. Now you see Alice and he's on Hollywood Squares and he was, uh, you know, no. he was playing golf and stuff. And then, so no. I always wondered, I always wondered what, what? I'm like, no, he's not like playing golf and stuff, but go on, sorry. No, but I'm saying, I wonder if Trent Reznor, how much of what he did on stage in Nine Inch Nails was theatrical, or is he really that dark? Right. Okay. Um, 
I've seen them like over towards 20 times. I'm flying to Las Vegas tonight to see them tomorrow. So like, they're still so phenomenal. And I just want to be able to ask. And the other question I would ask him, I guess, is um, I was in Cleveland. I got snowed in in Cleveland one time and I was there the whole weekend. So I spent my whole weekend in strip clubs. Every stripper I talked to said that she was um, Trent Reznor's girlfriend. No, really? And I, and I would like to know from Trent, did he, was that his move? Would he go to strip clubs and just tell chicks they were his girlfriend or, or no. what? What was going on there? Okay. I don't know no. if he, he'll kick me out for that question, maybe, but. <laughs> he won't kick you out. You don't want to hear that. He was like, suck my entire fucking cock is what he would say. Oh my God. Um, all right. Well, I'm so excited to go to see them, but I'm so excited to talk to you on the phone too. Um, can I ask another question, unrelated? I guess. Uh, I'm getting have bored. You ever seen the show? No, no, this is not boring. Naked, naked. Uh, gosh, it's a game show in England. It's called Naked no. Attraction. I don't watch They're that. Complete. Oh, you should. Completely okay. naked uh, behind a screen. Okay, gotta go. Well, wait, wait, they're naked behind a screen. What do I want to see that? For? No, no, no. They get completely game. naked before yes. the game is over, and you, so. you judge the person based on their vagina first. To see if you want to date them, oh. then they go. Oh, up I'll watch the that. Yeah. Where do I see it's that? In, it's, it's in, in uh, tell it's In, in other words, the game. Well, how am I going to see it? Is what I'm asking you. YouTube, YouTube, <laughs> go there. YouTube, YouTube. Oh, you can go oh, YouTube. there. YouTube, yes. I'll send links if you want, but you can find you it. Send me a link. Um, What's the name of it again? A naked attraction. I'll send links to the Stern Show whatever account. So, and, um, Megan, in other words, what you're talking about is, if, let me see if I got this right. Yeah! I, somebody walks out, <laughs> and, and and they're behind a screen, like the, I'm the contestant, and I look at a woman, and all I see is her vagina. Yes. Cunt. You, look like at, you look at six women, six women. Right. I see six vaginas through what? Like a hole in the wall? No, it's like a screen that goes up. Okay. So I see their yep. legs and vagina or just you vagina? See their, you see their legs and their vagina. Some could be a big bush. You know, some could be a whatever landing strip. And you hmm. say, I like that one and that one and that one. The other ones can go. And yeah, then and those go, are the oh. people who play. Yeah. And then right. the heartbreak probably it. is that some chick with a big bush is super hot and looks like, you know, like, <laughs> like, like, uh, I don't know, like Cindy Crawford or something. And then all of a sudden you go, fuck, why didn't you just shave yeah. your bush? You got an ugly VJ. <laughs> right. And then she could have saved it for you after, you know? So yeah. So you oh, that's good. That. I was, yeah. And yeah. then and what the do you see next? part of the show at the end the person who is playing the game gets naked when she oh, or he yeah. picks a picks a winner. So everybody's naked. Oh, I would watch that. Everybody, you should. You would love it. You would love it. Um, okay. And then when they lift wanna... the screen, do they? Where do they stop? The belly button next? You know, I think they go right to the to the breasts, the boobs. Hmm. Yeah. You know, I used to and say then... to Robin early in my career, you can't judge a book by its pussy lips, and she didn't know what I meant. <laughs> She thought I was just you being can. gross. <laughs> well, you have there's a whole show about it now, so All right, well that's interesting. Like a guy yeah. evaluating a woman's clam and seeing whether or not he wants to date her. I like it. Okay. Yeah, I'm there's, up for there that. might be penises too though. There um, are penises, okay. yes. Yeah. <laughs> so I won't Thank send you. a link to the penises. Um no more questions for a trend resident you can think of before I go? 
Trent Reznor's a genius, and I yeah. I would not want to be in your position where I had to ask him one question. I'd I'd have I would want to just have a conversation with him. Okay, Megan, thanks. Enough with her. I I I, I heard enough. But uh, that's a show I would watch. I want to bring up something that is fucking crazy. And I know I always get criticized when I say America's just stupid. There's too many dummies. And everyone says, oh, Howard's an elitist. And no, I'm not an elitist. I don't think I am because I came from nothing. From, from nothing. I just see it the way I see it because... Here, this is a whole thing going on with Cracker, cracker Barrel. I don't know if you've heard about this, Robert, but it's no, crazy. I don't pay attention to Cracker Barrel news. Sorry. Okay. All right. Well, I do. <laughs> over the summer. Maybe I'm an elitist. <laughs> over the summer, the restaurant chain Cracker Barrel introduced a, a vegan option. It's called uh, Vegan Impossible Sausage. And they have a big menu. And um, it's their one item with fake meat on it, whatever you want to call it, faux meat. And the customers of Cracker Barrel are going nuts. Now, this fake sausage, it's not like they removed real sausage. Yeah, you can still get the real stuff, right? Yeah, but what, the, what Cracker Barrel is attempting to do, which is where we're going to have to go in the future, we got to, at some point, for our children's sake, our grandchildren's sake, and future generations, we got to save the planet. And also, a lot of people are now trying to eat healthier and not eat uh, these uh, animals. And uh, so they're recognizing that, and they're trying to go with the times. But again, if you want to eat pigs, you got all the options you want on the Cracker Barrel menu. So, customer, this is what's going on with social media, which drives me nuts. I, I preferred the old days when... You didn't know what dummies were thinking. They couldn't go anywhere. In other words, they sit at there home and no complain. Place. Yeah. yeah, there was no place for them to be heard. And can't you can't you see that they aren't forcing? I mean, it seems to me if you've got half a brain, they're not forcing you to eat vegan sausage. So here's some of the comments on the page. You just lost the customer base. Congratulations on being woke and going broke. Everyone thinks this is a case. Again, this is what's going on politically. If you're for anything progressive, if you're for science, if you're for anything halfway intelligent, you're woke and fuck you. We're not going to go to you anymore. Thanks, Cracker Barrel. Now my family won't be able to dine there because the troves of hippie stoner vegetarian Lib Cucks will now be invading my favorite chain restaurant and pushing their immoral communist lifestyle on me and my children. How dumb are these people? I mean, do you ever get tired of being stupid? Like, who would actually go on a website for Cracker Barrel and go, oh, these are the liberals. Like, if you if you don't want to eat meat, you're a liberal. Where are all these hippies? I never see any. And the Russia's only thing that sounds commie... The only thing that sounds commie to me are these people who don't want Americans to have choices in what they order. They want everything the same. It's sausage. One item. The rest of the menu has not changed. I never heard of this guy. Maybe you did. Conservative commentator Michael Knowles. No, he has escaped my recognition. Maybe, maybe he's like the new Rush Limbaugh or something, but he's beside himself. 
He's really like he he like he goes on the radio. I guess that's where he is, and talks about this meatless option at Cracker Barrel and get and like and it's, somehow it's a political hot point. Some people are mad. Wait, here it is. This is devastating because there is no way in hell that the vegan, vegetarian, whatever fake sausage at Cracker Barrel is being driven by customer demand. Not that, so. What, well, what maybe Cracker Barrel is trying to expand their customer demand. Maybe they're thinking about their shareholders and their bottom line. Well, remember years ago before like black people were allowed into restaurants where white people ate? There was no real customer demand to have black people sit in the restaurant. But we introduced the idea of black people being allowed into the restaurant because it seemed like the right thing to do. Well, you commie liberals <laughs> came up with that idea, too. <laughs> and transsexuals do this, too. One single person who has ever walked into a Cracker Barrel would even consider eating fake vegetarian sausage. Not one. I this would. decision is woke Even executives or who bit. knows. They're the kind of <laughs> people who say, we need to impose <laughs> these new standards on. The same people who want us to live in our pods and eat the bugs and not own anything and be totally happy and stop driving cars and take bicycles everywhere and take public transportation. These are the people who say, don't eat, you don't get to eat your sausage anymore. You don't get to eat meat. Now you have to eat impossible meat. Yum, yum. It's so delicious. First of all, I've had, um, you know, the fake uh, pork, and it's pretty fucking good. But I don't want to eat bugs. I do want to drive cars. You do want to own what you, stuff. Like, yeah, but like, what, you, what is it? Is it like a celebration of being a moron? Again, I told you, it seems to be a panacea to be upset. Everyone is upset. Jimmy Kimmel lays on a stage. There's an uproar. And right. now they have a vegan sausage option, and th the whole world is going to crumble. Sun there's over will a, come up tomorrow. There's over 11,000 comments on the Cracker Barrel yeah, vegan sausage yeah. post. We Ranging enjoy. from outright anger. Yeah. Yeah. It's like if you see someone wearing a mask and you start yelling at them. and it, it, It's weird. It's a political thing all we of a sudden are to be a moron. We addicted to be a, being opposed, no matter what it is. It could be good for you. I'm opposed. What about not ordering the meatless sausage and being okay? And then and praise Cracker Barrel for giving you more choices. Oh, no, they're never going to Cracker Barrel again. And how about there's 11,000 idiots with nothing better to do than to write to Cracker Barrel? Who, about who, you know, whenever they say, yeah. say to join our Facebook page, that yeah. I, who joins a company <laughs> or product Facebook page? So they can stay um, in touch. Wendy, the slow adult Robin, loves Cracker Barrel. If you remember, she used to, for a while, she was living in a car with her mom, and they parked at a Cracker Barrel parking lot. Yeah, she loves their parking lots. <laughs> that loves her, loves it a lot, told us her mom would dig a hole for her to shit in nearby. Uh, I thought Wendy would give Cracker Barrel the benefit of the doubt and say, hey, okay, who cares? But here you Is go. Is she upset, too? Some people are mad at... Well, wait, here it is. Do you think it's smart that Cracker Barrel's serving the fake vegan meat? <coughs> no. If I can send a message to the president of Cracker Barrel, what, what do you want to tell him about fake meat? <coughs> I'll throw that phony meat to the dog.
dog. You would throw that fake meat away. <laughs> yeah. Even if it was a free meal, you would throw it in the trash. Hell yeah. I'll never eat that Cracker Barrel again. There you go. Wendy, a very proud uh, Cracker Talk Barrel. About somebody who sounds like they need a healthy option. <laughs> but yeah. she's not going for it. That dare is meat promoted by the homosexual LGBTQ. I know that's the, I mean, I don't know what they're talking about. It's just so weird to me. Everyone's so, so proud of being an idiot. And everyone loves it. I think it's in Trump. Like, they're very proud of their opinions and their, like, like, like the stupider the opinion, you know, the earth is flat. You can't prove to me it's round. Go ahead, you're Mr. Scientist. You know, you know what I mean? It's like a pride in being a moron. And being outraged, you know, like you not only, oh, I didn't think uh, it's like, oh, Cracker Barrel has a a vegan sausage. Wow. No, it's outrage. What about like, maybe I'll taste it. Maybe, maybe it'll be good. Or maybe I won't. Who cares? Well, I'll tell you what happened to me. I went to Cracker Barrel. I didn't realize I was eating fake sausage, and now I can't stop sucking dick. <laughs> I'm telling you. <laughs> yeah, you think that something weird is going to happen to you if you step over that line. Right. I like that Wendy eats out of a dumpster, but she won't eat impossible meat. Yeah. Throw that to the dogs. Well, dogs don't want impossible meat either. <laughs> I think they By can the way, tell the difference. Every newscast used the same 40-year-old where's the beef reference. It was like, you know, where's the beef? Yeah. I, I think they all get their news from one service because everyone just kind of like, you know, where's the beef? Well, Cracker Barrel. Where's the beef? Some people are mad at Cracker Barrel. So what's the beef? We'll have the answer coming up. Where's the beef? That's what some people are asking Cracker Barrel. Cracker Barrel fans have a beef with a new menu item. Hey, some people have a beef with Cracker Barrel over pork. This morning, Cracker Barrel finding itself in a rather meaty controversy. Some social media beef about a meatless menu item at Cracker Barrel. You heard about this? Some people have a beef about Cracker Barrel's meat or lack thereof. Have some sort of beef. And then the new and you wonder why it. we're all so stupid. Listen to the news. <laughs> yeah, I'd go out of my mind if I had to be a newscaster and read that shit. And uh, do we really need to be taking up time with this? Where's the beef? It where's seems beef? some people are very upset with Cracker Barrel. With Cracker Barrel over a new meat-free option the restaurant added. I saw what you did there. The beef? <laughs> beef? Yes. yes, a big beef. She didn't do it. But anything. it's pork, you assholes. <laughs> <laughs> pork is the new white meat. <laughs> I don't know what like these imbeciles think. Like fake sausage is the gateway drug to sucking cock or something. Like they see it as an agenda. They're yeah. gonna start and taking away our meat and you know what I mean? It's like I know a friend of mine accidentally ate tofu, and now he's a drag queen. <laughs> this is the feminization of America. It's a very strange world we're living in, man. Very yeah, strange on one world. end, you're taking away women's rights. 
And on the other end, ugh. Just silly. Alisa, you're on the air in Missouri. Hey, first of all, my husband would be really happy if I, um, if I ate that vegan meat and started sucking his dick all the time. But right. as a vegetarian, I have to go to places like this, and there's never an option. I'm usually eating a mashed potato and a side of corn. So right. I, would, I would totally eat it. I mean, why not? Of course I mean, you would. Why something. not? And even if you're not, a, like I used to say to people, well, um, if you're not, it, like if you're not a vegetarian, but I'd be curious to try it. You know what I mean? Well, it's sort yeah. of like the John Hine thing where John Hine can't eat anything except fast food. Hit him with the Hine! You take him to a regular restaurant, he's a fish out of water. He doesn't know what to do and he's not going to enjoy himself. Well, you say all you want, Robin, but that there uh, Bruce Jenner, the Olympic champion, ate fake meat once. Now look at him. <laughs> now he's running around in a dress and high heels. It ain't right. Ah! Hey, Jake, you're on in Colorado. Hi. Um, yeah, after the Queen of England died, there was some liberals kind of just uh, kind of critiquing the British Empire, and the conservative media just went freaking nuts, saying everybody just hates America, all of this outrage and everything like that. And it's just so unwarranted. I don't know what they're all complaining about. Well, it's um, it's what I'd call unnecessary outrage. It's what happens, like, I think newscasts pick up on, like, if there's 20 people on the Internet complaining about something now, they turn it into a news story. It's it's yeah. complete. And what's happening is the country is getting angrier and angrier and thinking there's some sort of movement out there. And that's why and, I think uh, all news should be banned, because that's what they do. They keep things stirred up. Yeah. Ban the yeah, news. Also when I'm president, yeah, I will ban also... the news. You will no longer Thank get you. news. Thank, Thank you. you. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I think Trump tried that, too. He wanted to ban the news. Uh, thanks, Jake. Um, Sean, go ahead. You're on the air. Hello? Hi. You're on the air. Oh, hey. Uh, hey, now. Uh, I don't understand why people even care. Crackle Barrel is garbage. You know, you get the best like breakfast meals and everything else when you when you visit local diners and you and you and you support like the local businesses, the locally owned businesses. The, the, the Cracker Barrel's trash. Oh, all right. There's a guy who says fuck truck Cracker Barrel. Period. Yeah. Uh, meat or fuck, no fuck, meat. Period. Yeah, I don't care what that's <laughs> right. He's like, he's a, I remember going to Cracker Barrel a couple of times. Did Cracker Barrel used to have the peanuts all over the floor, like the peanut shells? I never went to a Cracker Barrel. I don't know what. I know the sign. That's all I know. Yeah, I remember I'd go and start picking up the peanuts off the floor and eating them, and people told me that wasn't appropriate. <laughs> hey, free peanuts. So what if they've been trampled on by dirty feet? You're taking the shell off, right? Yeah. It's a big deal. <laughs> hey, Marianne. Marianne from Brooklyn, everybody. Thank you, Hal. I love you so much. I am so upset about Beth because my family suffers with allergies, and I don't know why Dr. Agus won't tell her it's serious. God forbid, Howard, she got a bee sting, and the one she got sounded pretty damn bad. So she has something in her system that reacts to that, and Dr. Agus has to tell her she Number must Number one, carry come on, you know his name, Dr. Agus. 
Oh, I mean, Doc Vegas. I'm sorry. I'm nervous about the EpiPen situation <laughs> because, really, Howard, imagine the... the, the, the uh, All right, I got it. I'm on it. I'm on it. I'm right. Thank Howard, you. Howard, I mean Thank you. Howard, wait, right. I got more stuff, Howard. <laughs> no, thank, I, you. I, thank you. Thank <laughs> you. <laughs> uh, Marianne is right. I got to get on that. Oh, God. Every day there's something I got to get on. Hey, this is simple. You're just going to... Carry an EpiPen on you. I will. I'll do it. I love that woman. I don't. I don't want her fucking That's getting right. bee stung, and then I gotta fucking watch her die with uh, not being able to breathe. She goes, "Don't worry about it. We'll go home and get the EpiPen." I go, "Honey, you'll be dead by then. How are you gonna make it home if you can't breathe?" Oh, uh, there. I'm not gonna get stung. She goes, "I'm wearing shoes." I go, "No, it, that, the bee could sting like, you somewhere I, 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 else." The, the bee is only after her foot. Yeah, that's what she thinks. <laughs> Uh, hey, uh, Joey in North Carolina. How about Joey? Hey, now. First hey time now. long time. Nice. Hey, now. So, um, I'm a truck driver. been driving about 10 years. And when COVID first hit, uh, truck drivers had the option to go home or keep driving. So I kept moving to America. And, uh, did not didn't catch COVID the first time around, and I was really on the fence. I was one of those uh, skepticals that uh, the government is trying to force you to get shots. Well, the more I listened to your show, uh, the more I started leaning to getting my vaccines. Well, got fully vaccinated, uh, all my booster shots. I ended up contracting COVID last uh, week, and was actually admitted into the hospital, uh, couldn't break a temperature of 104. The doctor told me if I would not have gotten vaccinated, I would not be here right now. Yeah, I mean, it's it's basic. No one's trying to kill you with a vaccine. They're trying to keep you alive. And the, the, what they've done, the administration, in terms of not only um, um, of, of being on this whole thing, but also distributing the vaccine. I'm going to get my vaccine, the new vaccine, the updated vaccine against the Omicron variant. And uh, God bless America. You live anywhere else, you ain't getting these vaccines. Do you see what's happening in China? Yeah. They keep with these rolling lockdowns, and they still haven't gotten rid of COVID. They still have not returned to normal life. And And they won't accept vaccines from the West. Right, and we got these humps. Who uh, in our country who won't take the vaccine and ain't taking that? They're trying to kill us. I've had COVID. Yeah. Well, and great. even though it's not on the news, doesn't mean it's still not going around. And of course, uh, four hundred fifty people it, it, a day die of COVID. It's still oh, it's still oh, around. But most of us I who are vaccinated will survive. Lot. I have lost a lot of truck driver friends because even like I said, even though. Uh, they take America pride in being a moron. Itself. Don't you see what's happening? It's all of a sudden. Yeah. It's a because they get to talk to other morons on the internet. It's a moron yeah. epidemic. Uh, That's what's happened. It's very simple, Joey. Thank you. We have an epidemic of morons. You know it's true. They all know it's true. Everyone knows it's true. Even these politicians know it's true. But the morons don't know it's true. They don't think they're morons. No. No. A more 
if, if they knew they were morons, they wouldn't be morons. <laughs> a moron doesn't know he's a moron. <laughs> or I talk to, there's a moron in my life right now who says the most moronic things to me. I, I you know, and I go, he has no idea he's a moron what he's saying right now. <laughs> and it's not about politics or anything like that. It's just moronic conversation where it's dopey. Like they may say something and you realize you realize they're, they're a lost cause because they don't have the brain power. They can't think straight. I mean, you got a guy like a Herschel Walker who's, I don't know what his problem is. Maybe he's got some problem. But how would they offer him up as a United States senator? We're doomed. What happened, my great country? I mean... It used to, it used to, it used to be a thing of pride to run for the United States Senate. Now it's like you're embarrassed to be a senator. Now it's senator. <laughs> yeah. It's embarrassing. You're ruining my country. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's just embarrassing. And some of the moronic bullshit I hear from some of these guys, it's just, it's just frightening. But anyway, hey, there's another weird thing going on. I wonder if you've taken note of it. There's this, um, there's a thing they got, listen, I don't know who goes to these film festivals to see movies, but mm -hmm. you read sometimes in the paper when they're hyping a movie, they go, oh, this movie's coming out. And now it's like this, um, the actor, remember the dude, uh, Brendan Fraser, he, he was uh, a yes. big, yeah. So sure. now what are those movies, uh, the, he had a whole series of, you know, swashbuckling adventure movies where he yeah. was an George archaeologist. The yeah. Too, no, yeah. no, I'm talking about the archaeologist where he'd go and fight oh. people in the temple. Yeah, 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 like a, like a, like Harrison Ford. Almost like in, yeah, Indiana yeah. Jones, but different. Well, there's this weird trend going on at these European film festivals. Audiences are showing how much they like the movie by giving insanely long-standing ovations. So Brendan yes. Fraser has got a movie out called The Whale. I don't know where you see this movie, but you know well, they're it trying hasn't to hype been it. Released yet? It's on the okay circuit. It's on the circuit, wherever this circuit is. And this guy <laughs> received a six-minute standing ovation at the Venice Film Festival. They, I was even reading about this. The guy was trying to leave. You know, they they showed the movie. People were applauding. He couldn't leave because they applauded for six minutes. And I think it's like a new thing because um, there's another film I read about called Lee Mencita. And they're writing about it. They received a 12-minute standing ovation in Venice. The audience, didn't; they couldn't contain themselves. They didn't even wait for the movie to end. And then they started clapping during the last scene. Over the movie, they're clapping. They it's like people gone berserk. Right. They can't even wait for the movie to end to acknowledge everybody that's in it. <laughs> Here's a, a little bit of the whale after the whale. <laughs> like, I mean, and this guy, Brendan Fraser, I, I think he started crying. I mean, he was very moved. Well, he's had a tough time. Evidently, I read that. I didn't. Who even knew? I never heard of it. And here's I met him once. It's serious. He's a fan. Oh, did you? Oh, nice. Well, good for him. He got a six-minute standing ovation. Even he was like, what the fuck? Am I being goofed up? Is there like a punk situation going on here? And then Lee and his movie series was the Mummy series. Those right. mummy the movies. Mummy. Those the were mummy. the big movies. Yeah. Lee Menacita. 12 minutes. 12 minutes? So people have nothing to do. Can't be that good. I mean, 12 minutes. 
The Godfather, I don't think I'd applaud for 12 minutes. Maybe a minute. Yeah, I don't know what happens at these uh, film festivals. That get people doing people going insane. six minutes. People have, three people jumped out a window. They couldn't. They were so excited at the end of the movie. They do. <laughs> they never see another movie as good as that. Robin, we got to see Lee Menacita and the whale. <laughs> That's right. I think because the movie industry has been so affected by the pandemic they've got to start hyping uh, these movies in ways oh. that people can't even believe there you go yeah because i you know i read variety and the hollywood reporter and stuff and then they cover the 12 minute and six minute yeah yeah by the way nice little article in uh, variety about my dad like um someone oh, talking about yeah a fan of the show kind of wrote a piece about how they felt like they knew my father through the show. It was very sweet. Very nice. Lee Manasita. This is still going on, by the way. It's 12 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> Who's the person who goes, Woo! Yeah. Who, who dies out and then comes back. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Wait, wait. Here she, oh, there you here go. she is. I think it's a woman. <laughs> Women make noises like that. <laughs> I don't think I've ever made that noise. <laughs> Like, I saw the Stones, which is, you know, arguably one of the greatest rock bands that ever lived. Certainly one of my favorites. And um, I, <laughs> I kind of went, noise? I remember applauding a little bit, and that was it. And I went home. I, Not I go, one yay, nothing? I went, <laughs> When I got laid, I didn't even make this noise. <laughs> No movie. I am sorry. I don't know Leia Masita or The Whale. You don't have this on a loop. She just keeps no. doing this. This is it. I'm just running. This is a 12. This is. Where are we at? Nine minutes and 40 something seconds. I don't know. We're, 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 we're knee deep in this. <laughs> Woo! Woo! <laughs> That's amazing. The new Marilyn Monroe movie, Blonde received a 14-minute standing ovation in Venice. Come on, now they're just ridiculous. It's like, oh, that was six minutes, this is, what, nine minutes, now it's well, 14? What's happening is, the opposite effect of what they want, now a guy like me, I won't go see any movies, I'm afraid I'll be caught up in one of these tsunamis <laughs> of clapping. I won't go. It's enough. I'm afraid I'm going to get caught up. I, I got things to do. I don't want to clap for 12 fucking minutes. And you know you can't walk out in the middle of a 12-minute applause. No. It sounds like torture. First of all, have you ever tried to clap for more than 30 seconds? Absolutely it's fucking torture. Like, you, yeah, know, the, you really get tired. And I'm like, <laughs> I, I'm tired right now, and I just, I'm just i five <laughs> seconds in. <laughs> Woo! Oh, now I'm like, I think I'm doing aerobics. <laughs> Woo! 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 I know oh sometimes you're at a Broadway show and the audience is going crazy like that. It's all right. All right. Come on, guys. Come on. Oh, yeah. Stop. All right. <laughs> we get it. They you said, like the performance. They said um, at the premiere of The Whale, four audience members were hospitalized with broken hands and fingers. <laughs> 
First of all, I read about the new Marilyn Monroe movie, and the woman who stars in it, who's maybe one of the most beautiful women I've ever seen, that Anna de Aramis, or whatever her name is, she, they were criticizing her because she wasn't American or something, or I don't know what it was. What? But now, But now they're giving her a 14-minute standing ovation. God. You know, Private Parts, when I made that movie, we won the Czechoslovakian Film Festival for real. Yes. Yeah. wonder how long our ovation was. We weren't there for it. Nobody reported on that stuff then. We, I know. I know. <laughs> uh, Carl, you're on the air. Howard, can yes. you hear me? Yes, I do. I got to tell you, you're doing a good show. I started 7 a.m., I've been standing and I've been clapping because I love you. Listen to me. I can't feel my fingers. I need an insulin shot, but I can't inject myself and clap at the same time. Well, I'm honored, Carl. Thank you. Thank you. I just shit my pants. I'll probably die. <laughs> do stop, stop. Yeah, they say at the, um, at the premiere of Lehman Asita. Uh, a guy um, shit his pants. He he couldn't stop clapping. I mean, it's you're probably right. It's a it's a it's a PR ploy. But yeah. there you go. What a torture to be in a fucking audience for 14 minutes clapping. That would just about that would just about ruin the experience of going to a movie for me. <laughs> Plug for 14 minutes. People are the whole world is nuts. You know it is. You know something's up out there. There's something in the ether that's causing people to get stupider. <laughs> telling you. I can see it. I can smell it. All right, let me um do this. Um oh, I got a game. I'll tell you what, I'm gonna take a little break and I'm gonna play a game with you, Robin. Because oh. you're so lovely and you're so good at these games. Uh, this game is called Will Swap Shop Sell It? Will oh. Swap Shop Sell It? And I'm going to mention items, way wacky items, and you're going to guess. And you're telling got- me some of these got through and That's some right. of them didn't. Okay. And you won't even believe it. This is the greatest <laughs> game ever played. Will Swap Shop Sell It? Okay. And you better put on your thinking cap. I'm going to get it as soon as we go to this break. Right. I'm going to break, and then we're going to play this game. And you can play along at home. No prizes, but just the just the bragging rights. I, I played, well, they sell it on Swap Shop, and I, I got everyone right. <laughs> <laughs> it's great. Hey, Steve. Steve in Michigan, you're on the air. Hmm. Oh. Hey, Howard. Long, long time listener. I love you and Robin. Yeah. You, you guys are the only thing I listen to on the radio. The only right. good thing on the radio. Fuck yeah. I agree with that. Now you're talking. Hell, hell yeah. Same, you're a bright guy. Where do you where do you live? Michigan? I'm going to go visit you. Yep. I, <laughs> I you apparently are not a moron. No, you're evidently very smart. And you know what? I'm sick and tired of idiots. I, I got to find you, Steve. Huh? Hold on. I need to get directions to your house. Thank you. Thank you. What a nice man. I mean, what a bright guy. 
Uh, Bob, you're on in Georgia. Go ahead, Bob. Hey, Howard. I, w- I want to know what you think is um, my band, I'm an older musician. I released a record a few years back that did well. And we recorded a bunch of songs with my new band, the 450s. And John Lennon's guy, Jack Douglas, got him. He loved him. And we recorded it, and, we, and it's, we think it's great, but people are saying we're too old to be playing rock music or recording rock music. Yeah, they're probably right. Who the fuck knows what you're doing? Could you check it out? Yeah, I'll check it out. Go ahead, play it. Uh, I don't you were looking I mean, for a discovery. Here's your discovery. The 450 is a song. It's called uh, Flowers for Columbine. Uh, the 450s? Yep. Never heard of you guys. You had an album? Yeah, well, what, yeah, we did. Our producer, our drummer's a producer. He produced the first few Anthrax records. I was in a band called St. James. That had you know what it is? I think that song, Flowers for Columbine, you should... I've never heard the song, but... Is this it? Yes, it is. Pretty, pretty boy, guess he kind of lost hope. All tied up, playing thimbles and spoons. Had a sugar mama and a You want something mellower? It's called Lucy. No, I don't know. It's like you guys are pretty good, but that song ain't doing it for me. And and plus, you should disguise it a little more. Like, Mm -hmm. like if it's it's really it's about Columbine. Oh, it's not really. It's about all the bad things. Could you just play Lucy Walk Away? I think you'll love that. That's the one Jack Douglas, who's Lennon's guy, said that it would make us. I am ready to walk away. You got something. <laughs> uh, I'll tell you, Bob, uh, I'll be honest with you. Right now, I'm not feeling it. I might listen to it off the I've air and see if I can get that. into it. You know what I mean? I got to like, I got to spend some time with it. It's not one of those songs where I go, fuck yeah. Like, it's, it's not like. music. Really no, 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 no. I'm a thinking man. I just don't want to think that hard. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> but Jack Douglas loved it. He, John Lennon. Well, Jack guy. Douglas. Jack Douglas knows more about music than I do. So go to, go talk to him. He, All he, right, Bob. He actually, he worked on it. And I appreciate you, Howard. You're great, man. Yeah. I love. You I appreciate you too. And I, I'm going to yep. go listen to this off the air if I can find Thanks. five free minutes where Please. I'm not dealing with my mother. And, I, and I'll give you a, a real opinion. But Thanks right now, it. all right, mm-hmm. just right off the bat, like that, two seconds of it. I'm not, uh, you know. I'm not dancing. Uh, I'm bummed, man. I thought you'd get it. No one seems to get it. <laughs> Except for Jack Douglas. <laughs> some industry people love it. We've got some reviews that say, they, like in England, that said this is a record that should be in it the It doesn't sound world. bad. I got to spend mm-hmm. some time with it. That's it. Uh, please, Howard. Thank you. All right. For thank you. Man. All right. I don't want to burst the guy's bubble. Maybe it's good. You but know, it, oftentimes, you know, the first time you hear something. Yeah. I mean, thank, like you, the first yeah. thank you, 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 thank you. I remember oh. the first time I heard Cream. There was no denying it. I was like, I'm in. Right. You know, and a lot of times I don't know until I paint to it. I have to paint and put it on and I'll see what happens. Right. Look, you came in today yeah. with a whole bunch of stuff because you discovered it anew 
even though these are known people and, you know, they have some success, you didn't get it until. I'll tell you what I don't like, Robin. I don't like the name 450s. No. But. But then I don't like, you know, Southwest of Pluto or whatever the heck that (laughs) I don't think anybody else does either. But, you know, uh, Jack Douglas loves it, so. Jack Douglas, Jack Douglas, Jack Douglas. Wasn't he married to Kiko? Isn't that the Miko, Kiko, somebody? (laughs) Jack Douglas Douglas and Miko? Jack Douglas loved it. I go, all right. (laughs) What the fuck is that? (laughs) He goes, nobody gets it. It's never a good sign when nobody gets it. (laughs) Never. But honestly, I do. I don't want to, I don't want to sit and listen to the guy's music for 13 seconds and then go, it's no good or it's good. I mean, I gotta, I gotta listen to it. What do I know? My first it, uh, inclination was he should get uh, Rod Stewart to play. <laughs> to yeah, yeah. Maybe that would do it. All right, a little game to end up the show today. I promised you a game, and I'm going to play it right now. People are going to love it. Uh, this is Will Swap Shop. Sell it. I don't have a theme song for this game. No? Fred, a generic. Yeah, here you go. Hi, everybody. I'm Howard Stern. Uh, here's our game. Will Swap Shop Sell It? And our contestant today is a lovely woman from New York, Robin Quivers. <laughs> now, uh, and who Robin, are you? Uh, I need the I'm host's Jack name. Douglas. Jack, Jack Douglas. Douglas. Hi, Hi, Robin. Jack. I'm Jack. Uh, you might remember me from uh, John Lennon. Used to, uh, I used to produce him. <laughs> and now I'm a big fan of the 450s. <laughs> and no one gets it. Uh, Robin, uh, tell us a little about yourself. Where are you from, honey, and what do you do for a living? Well, Jack, I work on the radio in New York, and I have... You don't uh, say. Wow, you know, Jack <laughs> himself worked on the radio many years, and now I'm on TV. <laughs> yes, I know. I'm so happy to meet you. <laughs> yeah, And I'm I famous. know you love cats. I've got six cats. Oh, good for you. That sounds kooky. <laughs> but good for you. And by the way, uh, what's your bra size? <laughs> oh, Jack. Yeah, don't you miss the good old days when you could ask a woman what her bra size was? <laughs> All right, let's play our game. Uh, everyone knows that Swap Shop is a series of radio shows that allow listeners to buy, sell, and trade items. That's what they yes. do. How this is a radio thing, I don't know. I don't know who's listening to this horse shit, but they're listening. And it's one of the few things that survives in radio. I mean, radio is a mess, but there's plenty of swap shops. No offense, Robin. You're the contestant. I don't believe you're supposed to be doing this. <laughs> now, why don't you I quiet down? My role. Why don't I'm you not quiet down? To my role. Why don't you quiet down and come here and give Jack a kiss on the tongue? <laughs> I got to take a lesson from Jimmy Kimmel and come in. Right. All right. Um, so anyway, we have in the past, Robin, you know this, we have pranked, um, a swap and shop or swap or whatever the fuck it's called. And we prank call them and we try to sell crazy things on their show. We sold, uh, the gold teeth of, uh, Jewish prisoners at Auschwitz. We, um, we sold Milton Berle's urine cup. Not every item gets through. Sometimes they hang up immediately. So it, of course, got us thinking, what uh-huh. would they sell on Swap Shop? What would they allow? All right. So we called a bunch of different shows over the course of a few weeks. And now you get to play the most wonderful game. Try to guess if they said yes or no to the items we tried to sell. Okay. First item we tried to sell on Swap Shop 
was Mary Lincoln's pubic hair that was shaved off due to crabs. Oh, my God. Mary Lincoln, of course, the wife of Abraham Lincoln. This is historic. The host of Swap Shop was confronted with this. Did they allow it to go on the air? Something as vile as Mary Lincoln's? Mary Lincoln's pubic? It could be considered historic if it was authentic. That's your problem. You got to figure out. <laughs> did they, did, what happened? Now, if you, I'll give you, a, I'll give you a little background. Swap Shop host hung up on us when we tried to sell a computer keyboard covered in jizz stains and a whipple ball bat stained with feces. They were offended right. by that. So this okay. involves pubic hair and crabs. So, you know, use your judgment. Oh, you're asking me to answer you now? With, with they Well, it? that's the game. Oh, sorry. I, thought, I mean, wait, wait a second. I what is I going gonna, on? I, 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 look, I've never played this game before, Jack. Take it easy. <laughs> oh, gee whiz. I've never even seen this game on TV. I had nothing to judge by. Well, part of the game is if you don't answer right away, Jack spanks you in a, <laughs> without your panties on. I did not know that either. Yeah, so it's going right. to be very embarrassing for me, <laughs> but I'll do it. All right, Robin, please answer the question. What do you think? All right. I'm going to say no. They did not accept this. All right. I'm going to lock in on a no. Let's see what happens. Here we are on Swap Shop offering up Mary Lincoln's pubic hair with crabs. Good morning. You're on Swap Shop. So I have a piece of Civil War memorabilia I'd like to put on there if that's okay. Okay. Do you remember Mary Todd Lincoln? Yeah, Abe Lincoln's wife. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. It's it's uh, it's some of her hair actually. Really? Yep. And it's you know my great 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 grandfather. He was a garbage collector in Gettysburg, uh, where uh, Abraham did the speech, and he found it and saved it and just passed it down from generation to generation. Okay. It's some of her hair that's not from her head, if you know what I mean. Okay. What happened was. She had gotten crabs from a toilet seat in Gettysburg and then had to shave, and that's what was collected. How about that? What's the number if somebody wants to call you on this? Well, I didn't give a price yet. I mean, I'm going to ask 250 for the pubic hair with the crabs. All right. We got it. 741. 41. Have a wonderful day. Bye. All right. I, I have never it. had anything right. quite like that. But we'll let you call him. He did give his phone number if you want more information on what he was talking about there. Folks, I think I need to take a break and uh, regroup. Be back after this. I need to go vomit. Uh, Robin. Uh, I'm going to say, Jack, that I'm opposed to being judged by this. He (laughs) threw in pubic hair at the very end there. And I think if there had been a real focus on pubic hair, maybe this... Would not well, have you been are accepted. A sore loser. <laughs> By the way, Fred just put in a bid for it. It's not real, Fred. Uh, by the way, if you are a sore loser, again you get spanked without your panties on. <laughs> all right, all right. In fact, that was um, just the first question. In fact, one of the um, reasons Abe Lincoln had to shave off his mustache was that he actually got the crabs in there, and uh, that's that's a famous story. Okay, Robin, here's your next one up. Would they sell actress Betty White's pap smear? Pap smear, an old pap smear. 
Betty White, famous no. actress. You say Unless no. Unless they go, uh, it was a pap smear at the end. <laughs> well, here we go. You say no. Let's find out. Betty White's pat smear. Item 23. Good morning. Yes, sir. Do you remember Betty White? I do, yes. Okay, fantastic. Well, my aunt was her personal nurse, so I'm selling an item of Betty White's. It's Betty White's very last pap smear uh, before she passed away. Yeah. Uh, you're a jolly joker, aren't you? If you call me back after the program, we'd be glad to discuss that for you. Be glad to discuss that with you. If you'll call me back after the program is over, you'll give me a call back, sir. I'll be glad to talk to you. All right. We have one every once in a while like that, you know. It's it's sad. People like that should get a life. You right. know what I mean? Well, those guys can't get a life. They work for me here. <laughs> this is their life. <laughs> I think he's implying he wants to beat Sal's ass. Uh, yeah, you know? on the phone. Call yeah. me back. It's not like yeah. they can go, you know, out to the street. Knowing Sal, he probably called him back. Excuse me, you said you wanted to meet me? I'm kind of excited about that. You are a jolly joker. Which is, uh, which is swap shop talk for fucking asshole. They can't say that. <laughs> Robin, you're on the board with one yes, one no, and uh, you're doing fantastic. Okay, now you're in the game. All right. Would they sell a stick to beat your children with called a quiet time stick? Uh, Ooh. That's a a nice stick to beat the kids with. Yes, this is the perfect stick for beating your children. Right. Gonna say, I'm gonna go out on a limb here, Jack, and say yes. All right, I'm gonna lock you in on a yes. Let's see if, in fact, Swap Shop will sell a quiet time stick to beat children with. You know, I, I've got three children, and sometimes they they can get a little, you know, rambunctious. But <laughs> yeah, I, I think I understand what you're talking about. We got uh, three grandchildren, small grandchildren ourselves, and uh, can be hard to keep up with sometimes. Oh, you ain't kidding. So uh, I got something, and we call it the. The quiet time stick. Quiet time stick. Okay. It's for parents who get frustrated when the kids are acting up and you just can't keep them in line. I think you could put two and two together. (laughs) This thing works like a doozy if you have kids who are acting up and just won't listen. I'm selling it for $10, and I can assure you, your kids will listen. I can't get into more detail, but you know what I'm talking about. It'll keep you happy. (laughs) (laughs) What's your number? Uh, you can reach me at 742. All right. He's going to sell his quiet time stick. And you can call him for more information. He's asking $10 for it. By the way, as as you listen to this, and Robin, you just got on the board again with the second win. Yeah. Watch, listen carefully to the commercial that comes. This is not set up. Listen to All the right. commercial that comes on directly after they just sold a quiet time stick to hit your kids with. <laughs> it's a, a commercial to prevent child abuse. It's crazy. Oh. Listen to this. Yeah, it's just by coincidence. I guarantee it'll keep them kids quiet for days. All right, we got you. Thank you, sir. Bye-bye. Folks, we're going to take a quick break. Be back with more of the Swap Shop in just a moment. Every day in this country, 1,900 children become victims of abuse or neglect, and four of them will die every day. Court-appointed special advocates, or CASA for children, is a network of 951 community-based programs that recruit, train, and support... Isn't that something? That's (laughs) That's amazing. (laughs) 
Yeah, but you'd like that. Robin, uh, if I'm counting correctly, you've got two right now. You're doing very well. Yes, yes. Yeah. I'm getting the hang of this, Jack. Wow. Yes, you are. And let me tell you something. How great you are at it. All right. Would they sell Elvis's toilet water and feces from the toilet he died on? No. <laughs> <laughs> you, uh, I'm gonna lock you in on a no, Robin. And uh, I mean, what's your name again on this show? Is it Robin? Yeah, you're I still think Robin. I'm Robin right? from uh, you're New Robin. York, yes. Right. I have a different name. I just forgot. <laughs> All right. Let's see. You say no. They won't allow Elvis's toilet water and turd to be sold. My father was the EMT in Memphis, and he was in the bathroom with Elvis on the day that he died. That's amazing. That's just kind of fascinating that you knew your father was actually in working as an EMT in Memphis the day that Elvis passed away. That's uh, I've never spoken with anyone that close to uh, that, that particular uh, Elvis, anyone that close to Elvis at all, matter of fact. Yeah. That's the reason why I'm able to call you today and sell this unique item. You see, thanks to my father, I have a jar of the toilet water from Elvis's toilet bowl that he sat on, including a piece of fecal matter from Elvis himself in the jar. Uh, he's just a useless human being. That's what we'll tell you about him. All right, well, that is our... Uh all right, we're to the point that we're taking our first time out. We'll be back. Whether you're in the market for... Nice. <laughs> well, good for you. Well, way to go, Robin. You've got another one right. Very I good at this. I'm getting the hang of it. By the way, I don't like the guy calling one of my guys a useless human being, <laughs> but in this case, he is right. <laughs> All right, Robin, here you go. You're doing well. you got three right. Would they sell Johnny Depp's infamous shit-stained sheets? Some say they were stained by a dog. Some say they were stained by Amber Heard herself. But I'm um, going to say yes to this. All right, let's see. Let's lock you in on a yes and find out without further ado Taking whether a or not. here, Jack. All right, I like your risk-taking um, <laughs> attitude here, Robin. And uh, can't wait to find out more about you after the game. <laughs> Johnny Depp's shit-stained sheets. Robin says yes. You're on the air. What you got this morning? Do you recall the whole uh, Johnny Depp Amber Heard case that was on recently? Sure. Okay. So my niece, she's best friends with the with the maid from Johnny Depp's house. And uh, she has the actual bedding uh, that was featured in the court case with Amber Heard. Wow. Yeah, it's pretty interesting. I'm selling the sheets from Johnny Depp's house that were uh, defecated on by Amber Heard. Oh, and I'm guessing maybe $500 for that. Yes, sir. What's your number? 517. And we appreciate the call. 517 uh, is the telephone number. Swap and shop continues. Now, Robin, you might have thought you were going to get that one wrong. It sounded like it was going the other way. Yeah, but, uh, it sounded bad for a moment. Yeah. By the way, I hope you love this program. Tune in next week when the boys try selling O.J.'s knife, some black tar heroin, and a child slave ring uh, right there on the swap shop. Let's get back to the game, Robin. You're doing incredibly well. You just got another one right. 
If this was a real game show, you'd be winning big prizes. Like a washer dryer and maybe a trip to, where is it Gary just went to? Portugal. Portugal. You'd be going there. All right, Robin, let's see how you do with this one. This might be a little bit tougher. Would they sell serial killer Jeffrey Dahmer's crockpot that may contain a testicle from one of his victims? Jeez. Yeah, I know. This is not an easy Ooh. game. It gets harder as you go it's along. It's getting go... harder, yes. Yeah, as you go up the ladder, it gets harder. <laughs> I'm going to say yes. You say they're going to allow a crockpot with Jeffrey Dahmer's victim's testicle. Possible testicle. I don't know Possible what it is. Possible <laughs> <laughs> That's right. That's right. You say uh, they will allow it. I think so. All right. Let's see if you're right. Lock her in on a yes, and let's find out. Good morning, caller number 17. You're in radio. Yes, good morning. Listen, I'm going to make this quick. I got my hands on something really unique, and I'm sure there's a collector out there for it. Okay. I have a Jeffrey Dahmer crock pot, and it still has some gunk in it, and I even think I saw a testicle in there. Oh, I'm my looking goodness. for 100 bucks for the Jeffrey Dahmer crock pot, and I think there's some genitalia inside. Sick. Sick. Oh. oh, well, what are you going to do? I know what I'm going to do. <laughs> going to play some music. He's going to take a break. Uh, That's what they yeah. always do. They get so disenchanted they have to take a break. Well, like I said, Robin, it gets harder as you go along. and you Yeah, didn't, I you... missed that one, Jack. But you're still in the positive uh, category of uh, yes yeah. answers, and you should be very proud of yourself. And by the way, I will mention our own Fred Norris actually owns two of those crockpots. That's where we came up with the idea. <laughs> he would have gone for this third one. <laughs> All right, Robin, let's see if you can make a comeback on this one. Would they sell Would they sell a bed sheet containing an imprint of Tammy Faye Baker's makeup while she was getting laid doggy style? Uh, Tammy Faye Baker was the ex-wife of disgraced televangelist Jim Baker, as you know. And what they're selling here is a bedsheet where Jim Baker had her face down doggy style and all her makeup got on the on the bedsheet. Would they sell that on Swap Shop? That is so stupid that they even on Swap Shop are going to say no. You're going to say no? <laughs> yes. All right. How in the heck do they know what position she was in? She could have just been sleeping. All right, that sounds like logic. I like how you're thinking, but let's lock you in on a no. And let's see, will they sell Tammy Faye's bedsheet where she was laying down doggy style, getting fucked by Jim Baker? Let's find out. You're up next. You're on the Swap Shop Power. So I have, um, do you remember the televangelist Jim Baker? Oh, yeah. Do you remember Tammy Faye? Oh, yeah. Right? Yeah. I bought, a, uh, I bought one of the timeshares at PTL, and I was one of them victims who never got to use it because they doubled and tripled and quadruple booked it. So I was kind of upset about that the whole time. Well, Excuse I'm so me, sorry they I did that to answer? you, but what I... What, what was that? You can't talk <laughs> I, I just, over that. The man, the man just explained something about himself, and I want to change my answer. I, uh, excuse me, I'm one of them idiots they swindled with that religious nonsense. <laughs> you want to change your answer midway through? Okay, what do you want to say? That they're going I to allow said it? that they weren't going to allow it. I'm going to say now he will. <laughs> All right, let me rewind this a little bit. Yeah, Hold on. It's a bit. She was an imprint of Hold Tammy on. Faye oh. Baker's face on it. 
you know, when she wore so much makeup, Jim Baker would shove her face into this bed sheet while yeah. he was doing her, you know, doggy style. <laughs> and it made a perfect imprint of Tammy Faye's face onto the bed sheet. True story. My wife ran into Tammy Faye Baker uh, at a store not that awful long ago. And she said she still looked exactly like she did in the uh, <laughs> back in the heyday. Because when you wear that much makeup, you look don't change. You're going to look exactly the same. Yeah, my grandma was their housekeeper, and she saved the sheet. All right. So I'm asking $25 for the Tammy Faye Baker's rubbed makeup face sheet. Very good. And uh, you can give me a call, 710. And thank you much. 710. You can buy that Tammy Faye Baker sheet and... Or you could frame it and hang it on the wall and display it proudly for everyone to see. All right, uh, we're going to take another break. We'll come back. We'll keep taking them calls. Y'all uh, keep them coming. <laughs> well, good thing you changed your vote because uh, <laughs> unbelievable. they're always breaking after our phone calls. By the way, if you remember, they wouldn't let Richard and Sal sell chickens on the air, but you can sell sticks to beat the kids and Tammy Faye's sex sheets. <laughs> so there you go. All right. Now, uh, Robin, uh, let's let's try a real hard one here, okay? Let's see how you do. All right. All right. Uh, you, uh, what's my score, by the way? Who I, I don't know. We don't have that in the show. <laughs> um, will they sell on Swap Shop an aborted fetus in a jar? In other words, someone had an abortion, they saved the abortion in a jar, and now it's being sold on Swap Shop. Will they sell that? Or will they uh, say no? Oh, Jack, this is a very tough one. I could go either one. way on this one. Well, you know, you, you know that abortion in this country is a very sensitive subject, as you know. Absolutely, and I think mm -hmm. these... Swap shop shows are usually involved with religion. That's true. And a very fundamental kind of religion. Yes, ma'am. And they, they uh, may think, I mean, the oh, yes, I need that for my next protest. Right. <laughs> oh, I'm going to say, yes, they're going to allow this to be. You're swapped. saying, yes, that, that a radio show would allow an aborted <laughs> fetus to be sold on air. Wow, that's an amazing uh limb you're on right there but okay let's go with yes we got you locked in it's your answer your choice much like abortion used to be and uh here we go let's find out if swap shop uh, sells aborted fetuses and good morning here in radio i'm looking to sell an aborted fetus in a jar great for medical students it's something i work in a laboratory when i was a medical student and it's a great thing whether you're doing studies or whether you just want something on your mantle that's going to be a conversational piece this huh. And I'm looking for $200 for the aborted fetus in a jar. Uh, I don't think so. Uh, we're not going to do that. No, 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 no. I don't know what's up with that. Well, Robin, unfortunately, uh, your answer. He framed it the wrong way. He framed I it see. The wrong it was his fault. Okay. All right. Gotcha. <laughs> I don't know. It's a very, very, uh, a very hard thing to predict some of these things. Um, and, and certainly selling an aborted fetus is the wrong thing to do. I'm glad the host put a stop to it. Uh, as you know, Look, for years. He had said, you know, I take this to protests outside mm -hmm. of abortion <laughs> clinics and it has saved uh -huh, many babies. I see. All right. They well, would have been all over. 
<laughs> well, you know, on this show, we were uh, considered highly controversial. Fred used to use aborted fetuses as puppets uh, before we got them actual puppets. Before we found a guy who could make some puppets. Right. <laughs> All right, Robin, I'm going to give you one last one. You should try to get right. this one right. Really think about it because you want to go I out on a high. I want to go out on a win, yes. All right. Would they sell Kim Kardashian's menstrual pad? No. Mm. You say they no. They don't okay. like anything That's... about women, so no. All right. All right. <laughs> Robin's very firm on this. It's a no. Let's find out if she's right. Kim Kardashian's menstrual Good pad. Good morning, caller number nine. You're on radio. Yes, hi, Eric. Thanks for taking the call. Sure. I was down in uh, New York City uh, a couple months back for the Met Gala. They do a fancy thing with celebrities. Yep, yep, yep. They have Red that carpet, all that. Yep. I've got a great item for sale. I worked at the Met Gala. Have you heard of the, God, what is her name? I have no Kim idea. Kardashian, something Couldn't like say that. It. Kim, it's Kim Kardashian. I mean, she's so famous, you won't believe it, but I, I do have a used menstrual pad from the bathroom at the Met Gala that oh, I have. For God's sakes. Oh, unbelievable. Well, uh, sorry about that. Wow. Oh, boy, here we go. All right. Are you concerned about long-term care choices? But don't Wow, Robin, uh, did you get that one right? I, I forgot your... I am going out on a whim. Uh, a whim? A win. <laughs> yes, <laughs> or a win. Uh, well, congratulations, Robin. Yeah. If you remember the Met Gala, Kim Kardashian, you could see that pad bulging out of her Marilyn Monroe dress. <laughs> That's what uh, ruined the dress, actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, sorry, uh, we can't sell that uh, Kim Kardashian menstrual pad. Uh, oh, terrible. my. Robin, you've won <laughs> the pad that Kim Kardashian wore to the Met Gala. That's your prize Jeez, for doing so Jack. well. Don't know what I'm going to do with that. Well, from everybody here at Will Swap Shop Sell It, we say a fond adieu. And for me, Jack Doug Douglas and his Jolly Jokers, good night, everybody. That's right. Do. Wave goodbye. Do. Exciting. How, how about that for a game? You got to love it. <laughs> and if you're some production company, please don't steal that. Uh, we're actually going to be producing that for television. So we will sue you. Right, Robin? That's right. right. We, That's right. we man, maintain... Ownership of all our intellectual Ooh, property. That's right. We say, cousins. <laughs> all right. There we you have go. Many Let's... lawyers. Don't mess with us. Michael, you're the last caller of the week, last caller of the show. Blah, 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 blah. Go ahead. Good morning. Uh, Howard, this is uh, Michael, the gay firefighter. We talked, we spoke a couple of months oh. back. Oh, yeah, yeah. I remember you. Yeah. yeah. Hey, Michael. Um, well, first, my, my condolences over the loss of your dad, and I also you. think your dad, whenever I hear the word vigorous, I think of your father. Uh, vigorous? Yes. Hmm. Why do you think uh, of my father you, when you hear the word vigorous? You asked him on the air many years ago to define the word in a very animated, uh, loving fashion. Hmm. He gave a definition, and you guys had a fun exchange. I don't remember that exchange, but I'll take your word for it. Okay. There you go. Yeah, yeah. Um, I was calling to, to let you know, on the morning of 9-11, uh, I actually, you know, I, I was a firefighter, and the first and only time in, in my 12 years as a firefighter, I, uh, I violated fire department protocols, and I didn't go directly to my firehouse, which, which we're supposed to do, but I heard 
the fear in your voice. And I ran out of my place and ran directly to the scene. Because I had been listening to you for so many years, I knew that you don't, you don't goof around. And if there was fear in your voice, there was reason that, you know, that I needed to jump into action. Right. All right. Well, so you're you were calling there. to tell us you're a hero. <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm calling to tell you that that New York City firefighters were heroic that day, and I, I played a very, very tiny role, and, and I was, and I was lucky to do that, and I was lucky to to be where I was that morning. You know, really because because how well, you know changed the trajectory of things that day. There you go. In fact, what he's calling to tell you is that I'm a hero because You're the if it wasn't for me, okay. I'm the hero, Robin. I, call, I missed I, it. <laughs> and by the way, whenever you call and make me the hero of the story. Well, no, no, that's, Howard, that's actually true. If, if I was just using the training and experience that, that, that we learned every day in the fire academy, but right. I never would have been there if it hadn't been for your actions. Exactly. You could have been cowardly that day. You could have shut, you should have shut down and I, and I never would have showed up. But most people who, most people uh, would acknowledge, I think, if you took a poll about the true hero of 9-11 was Howard <laughs> Stern as all responders. Uh, we're listening to me that day and, uh, that's it. That's it. I didn't so, uh, see you at any of the services. Why weren't you? I'm never there. honored for anything. Never honored. Um, <laughs> no, Michael, you're a hero. All the firefighters who ran down there in the face Absolutely. of danger are big heroes. And, uh, and that is not a controversial opinion. I think most people would agree with that. All right, Michael. And I'm going to sing a Thank song to end much. the show today to you, Michael, my gay firefighter. And it goes something like this. There's a hero. If you look inside your heart. I didn't know I'd be duetting. I, I was going to sing. Uh, all right. Never mind, Michael. My moment is ruined. All right, Michael. Thank you. And you are my hero. There you yeah. go. There goes Michael the hero. And he is. There's a guy who deserves a 20-minute ovation, not uh, these movies. But uh, what am I going to tell you? The world has gone mad. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye.